Hello, everyone. It's by the numbers time. Uh, it's me, Richard Lewis. That's Duncan Doran Shields. He's still got a nickname. Uh, Sam, sound, you sound fucking knackered, mate. Are you all right? Nice. He's well, gone. Good, but, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was on mute. Are you all right, mate? No, I think it's just this mic, but I think it's just this mic. It makes me sound very fucking human. But I don't it know. sounds not Mate, I don't yeah. know. Inhuman, I would say at the I moment. You sound absolutely fucked. Yeah, I think it's no, getting the, the, is... the wrong tones of my voice, apparently. I actually think that me. mic sounds good, though. But yeah. the problem is it doesn't sound like you. It's like some other cunt. I just can't deal with it. But what normally sounds sound like, like some fucking Welsh guy talking on a flip top phone, like, oh, yeah, hey, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like wait a minute, don't you run the whole tech? Why is it sound like that on your head? <laughs> that was always the meme uh, bit. Dog shit Mike nah. the producer. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm knackered as well, man. I'm fucked up. I, I made the foolish error of staying up to watch the rugby last night. It was a bad fucking call. I, I was hoping Samoa weren't going to be absolutely dog shit and fucking, you know put in a good performance against the Scots. By default, shouldn't fucking Samoa always be amazing at the sports like rugby? I don't know what's happened to them, mate. They've gone so far backwards in terms of just... They always used to have really good ball handling skills, and um, they just don't have that. Shut up, Sam. What a child. (laughs) What an absolute child. (laughs) Get get off this fucking (laughs) podcast right now. now. This is an adult podcast for adult people. And if any other teachers come, you tell them what you did. Because obviously yeah. group shaming exactly nowadays, wouldn't it? You would never catch us making ridiculous, you know, sexual. In- anyway, no, about this threesome with Nico. You know, anyway, whatever. I'm not going to talk memes. about rugby. That's one of those memes that's gotten the life of its own and left the shore. And so now it's getting cringy where people just like message at Nico, like, wouldn't want to get in a gangbang with you. And he must just be thinking, like, this is just reasonable, <laughs> nah. isn't it? Like, what have I Nico's done? one of the few pros who literally never watches the show, by the way. Okay. He's, I think he, the last time we talked, which was a while ago. Probably because it. someone goes, did you ever see the VOD of, and he goes, I can cut you off there. I don't watch fucking VODs. What, the other team, you old pussy? I'll shoot him in the end. He goes, all right, no, I don't watch those either. Don't watch anyway, those either. Now yeah. suck this. <laughs> but um, look, before we even get into it, I've got to remember the sponsors, right? Obviously, we have a sponsor. Com. If, you, if you go over there, you can um, sign up. You get loads of uh, VIP benefits. It's a pretty sick site. Um, oh, I, I'm going to have to address it now. All these fucking idiots in the chat about this local thing, mate. It's not going away. The, the people in the chat going, oh my God, you've had a meltdown. So these motherfuckers never seen Jerry Springer. Come on. It's not the first show I've left prematurely, is it? I don't know if you guys know this, but the second I don't want to do something anymore, I just stop doing it, don't I? Except make many of many comments. of your exes have told me that Duncan. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's been brought up a few I times. To, I cut them off harsh. I go, listen, love, that's <laughs> enough of that. Anyway, I hope it, hope it was nice for you. Now put the telly on. Yeah, you know? no, I'm out. Yeah, I'm that's off to record problem, a video Women, on this you, fucking Yale. You can't live with them. You can't live without them. They're always telling you you want honesty, and then they they don't want you to just stop during the middle of sex and go, well, I'm finished. So you know, why would I continue? We're going down a dark road here, so let's not uh, Let's talk about ESL New York. And what we're going to do this time is we're going to start with the event and then we'll get to the roster stuff. Um, right. we'll get, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just do it like that, mate, I think is the best way. Uh, ESL New York, thank God for real Counter-Strike, mate. It was, it was like day and night compared to the major. I even did a little poll just before we came on just to make sure I wasn't gangster tripping because that does happen on occasion. And, um, yeah, it, it was overwhelming, about 75%, 77 from almost 1,700 people who voted in the 40 minutes that the poll's been up, 
said ESL New York was much better to watch. I think the Counter Strike was a higher caliber. I think you know, no best of ones that you know, all of that stuff. Loads of factors contributed to it. I also think there was a there's a level of polish to to the average ESL broadcast oh, now that even you know a, a reputable org like Star Ladder doesn't necessarily live up to and you know look it's not all ideal parlor was there for some reason um him and he still keeps getting hired yeah him and, him and the fucking roaches after after the nuclear bomb evidently but um you know whatever it's it, that's personal taste esl obviously you know want want him to uh you know be part of their show that's that's the, their call um but yeah it was uh you know a couple of tech couple of tech problems I will um, say that sound was the issues. main, the main yeah. knock on this event. I don't obviously I, you can't know how much of it was ESL's problem. It was pretty cringe, I believe. There, there was cringe. a couple of moments. No, it, the funny thing is, I think the bigger problem there wasn't even me getting hot mic, which <coughs> I didn't say anything. It was more that like yeah. they would literally have some sort of feed problem from New York in the interview because I guess it was a live interview and it's coming over the internet. So mm. I got hot mic'd once, and um, listen, I'll just tell the full fucking story. I don't give a fuck. We were um, we were basically fucking um, doing what we do in the green room, just talking shit on like other talent that aren't there or whatever. And uh, one of my recurring go tos because I just think it's hilarious because you know you went from you went from being one of the boys to absolute rock star levels of narcissism to streaming oh, football manager to yeah. twenty people uh, is D man, you know. So he, I, I bring I bring Lee up a bit uh, when, when we're, wherever we're talking about you know people that have kind of breezed through the CS scene. And um, I can't even remember what it was, but I think he'd like, people were talking, I think we'd brought up the time that it was like, um, I accidentally revealed he sent me an email. Not that yes. I re not that he was a source for a story or whatever, because I just got an iPad and I was too much of a fucking boomer to use it properly. Loads of people- cross out the email when he did the screenshot. Yeah, where it, where it was like me. <laughs> it was like, right, okay, yeah, yeah fuck, fuck that right up, didn't I? But anyway, it wasn't malicious. A lot of people think it was. Uh, but it wasn't. It was just me being a boomer. Uh, but anyway, so I was talking about like fucking um, just his tendencies, and I think I said, obviously, and and he's obviously a rat or something like that, right? I got hot mic. It went out on the E League broadcast from the during the middle of the game, but it just literally came back from a break, and I just heard my voice on the TV go, "Obviously a rat," and I was like, "I got a fucking minute." I literally did the comeback, like so. I was like. You know, that if if the game had been on, that entire bit about D-Man would have just gone out live, like. It would, if it hadn't have synced up with an ad break, I'd have been wrecked, wouldn't I? So, listen, hot mics, you know, pretty Speaking crazy. of which, by the way, his, mm. his suffering still hasn't ended. Did you see that story from last week? Where basically... Oh, where he got invited. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan yeah, sent him an email like, welcome to our tenure. And he's obviously thinking, by the way, rightfully so. Like, well, you know, I did play a large part in uh, everything. And then he's replied, <laughs> yeah. like, RSVP'd, like, yeah, I'll be there on Monday. And they're like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, D-Man, right? My bad. Yeah, I meant to send it man. to some guy and I've never... And then, but here's the sad thing, though. Riot has such little worms that because oh, no, he publicised it, they obviously just went, oh, it was a... That was a clerical Yeah, that's how D-Man got his job with Riot, if you fucking remember. He went on... Because he'd been doing all the games before he got officially hired, he went on Twitter and was like, oh, guys, I'm just going to have to bloody quit. Because I can't, I don't make enough money just being a bloody freelancer and all that. I must be full-time employed, even though that's such a rare thing in the industry. Sorry, guys, guess you just lose the voice of, uh, 
you know, uh, League of Legends, and I break up one of the legendary caster pairings. Oh, what a bloody nightmare. And, of course, everyone went on Reddit, and we all know Riot just to, like, what's happening on Reddit today? That must dictate our fucking corporate policy. Well, what are they, what are they saying on Reddit? We, we, we can't get the mods to delete that thread. It's too big, so we must act. So they go and they fucking did it, and basically that's how he got his job. He just loves a fucking moan on Twitter to get what he wants. It's like, I don't understand why Twitter, by the way, has become this thing where people like, oh, I've got a following, so I'm just going to piss and moan about companies and petty grievances. Like, just, you know what I mean? Just like, at least when I'm doing it, I'm straight mocking, like, individuals. I'm not doing it to get, like, a £50 fucking voucher from an airline or something. You know what I mean? Like, come on. No, Stop that is, that I know what you mean. Like, here's the thing. I, obviously, when I tweet, I don't pay any mind to what the people read in the tweet think. But <coughs> even so, it is a bit egregious where it's like, my bloody parcel force package was upside down when it came in. It's like, mate, except for the fact that maybe, as Richard says, parcel force might be a little bit more diligent dealing with your query. Do the rest of us have to read that? Do the other 100,000 people? I love the people it, who must be just living surreal. right here just going like, all right, what's fossil fossil? You know, I fucking, there's nothing in it. It's just yeah. surreal. But anyway, yeah, I did see that. But yeah, D-Man is in the fucking, the Bane pit, isn't he? <laughs> With a broken back, just like, hoping to come oh, back to the limelight. Like. <laughs> Mate, his punishment is it, At least been because, the most by the way, severe of all time. Here's the sad thing about that story. Is he's yeah. totally in the right, whether or no matter what happened at the end of his oh, career yeah. with League, hundred percent he should have been invited to that ten year anniversary. Have you ever been oh, to absolutely. those shit parties? I guarantee there's just like a bunch of fucking streamers there who never even. Had no, but that's how those. that's how Riot are. It's like fucking, you know what I mean? It's like um, the way that oh, now that they're worried about fucking viewership and numbers, let's cozy up to Tyler One, a, 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 a person that we literally leveraged Twitch to prevent him playing League of Legends on stream on the basis he cannot be the first streamer people see uh, when people come into the League of Legends section. They had employees say they hope he dies of cancer. Um, that was mental, wasn't it? Yeah, who, who, fair enough, they did fire him. And now it's like, ha-ha, we all bloody always love Tyler One. We bloody always loved him. Bloody love him. It's nothing to do with the numbers. Meanwhile, someone like D-Man that made an absolute stellar contribution to the game and basically he just left for a business opportunity because you didn't want to fucking up the ante and pay him what he felt his market value was. Um, you're just going to airbrush him out of history, are you? So, yeah, that's fucking disgraceful. But it's Riot, man. What do you expect? You don't exist. I don't exist. I've done, like, what? Every time there's been a big fucking change in the league. Like, the landscape in, in League of Legends would be completely different if it wasn't for me. But I'm persona non grata. Except when they have those weird little meetings where they bring me up or they're interviewing someone. Do you know Richard Lewis? Do you like Richard Lewis? Well, you can't have a job here. Yeah, get fucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like has been fucking reported multiple times. But whatever. Yeah, D-Man, D-Man's punishment is... Uh, I'm getting to a stage now where I feel sorry for him, I think. Yeah, that's the point. My point is this. It's passed through the point where I could laugh through the prism of my pettiness and just think, ah, fuck him. And now I'm starting <laughs> to go, like, he is still a human being. Like, can he at least... Have know, exactly. Yeah, it's easy to forget, isn't it? It's easy to forget. Because <laughs> they themselves don't set themselves up as human beings. Oh. They're like, I, uh, I am your god now. It's like, motherfucker, how long have you been in this industry? You've got to know how this story ends every time. You know, Pretty there hasn't sweet. been one person jacked up on their own hubris who doesn't get fucking wrecked no, in these Of course sports. not, and for exactly that reason, because everyone's just waiting to fucking seize you and stick all the knife in at once. No, he's reached <laughs> yeah. the point, like, the best analogy would be when fucking Cersei Lannister had to do that walk of shame. Oh, because but, yeah, yeah. Because obviously Every, you hate yeah. that character, but I even I felt yeah. sorry for her. Like, fuck this, I hope she wrecks all these people. Like, that was just so horrible, wasn't it?
Yeah, exactly. And that is that's the perfect metaphor for working in esports, really. Um but yeah, so I'm 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 kinda of with you on that one. I, I hope D man, I hope he I hope he gets back in the game and uh all this. Well actually is. that I've just made me realise there, that's what someone needs to do. You know when you take like a, a scene from a movie and what you do is you dub it over or something, or you put like like a logo over the face to show like, hey, this is what it's representing. Someone should just take that whole scene where she's stripped naked, they're just throwing like refuse in her face and vegetable. People are just going, shame, shame. Shame, and she just walk along. And what that should be, right, is that should be a metaphor for what it's like to be a public figure in esports. <laughs> Except yeah. what you need is one character behind her the whole time to just be going, "Well, it is what you signed up for. You knew what you signed up for. This is the cost of fame. What you getting is the cost of fame. Just ignore it. Just ignore what they're doing. Why are you bothered? <laughs> no, Why are you bothered? Yeah. You fragile. You snowflakes. I'm like, they're just in your face. Shame. Shame. This age, well. This age, well. Shame. Shame. Oof. That age, well. Shame. Big oof. Yikes. <laughs> your man, child. Just, just ignore the shit being thrown in your face. How dare you reply to the person By the way, you, you bad child, you bad like baby. like I said on Twitter. Shame, shame. The, the maddest one ever for me has to be when social justice people describe others as piss babies. <laughs> oh, mate, I love that one. What that even is baby. that? That's not even like a recognised slang. No, that's, no. That's like it. something a little no, kid. No, because they all make up their own fucking that's words. Like, like milkshake duck. And they all think it's super clever because they're super clever. And it's like, it's These like, little piss babies. I know. Man children, like, immediately discount if you've ever, like, used the word man child or man baby unironically. Like, your opinion is worthless. It's just utterly. All I'll say is, I've just never point. seen anyone cool use it. You know, <laughs> cool. I like that. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I'm still not, not, not cool yeah. like us, eh? Hey. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like walks in, hits the jukebox. Cool. Listen, what, you know what a boomer cool. podcast this is. <laughs> I know it's just garbage, isn't it? Just absolute garbage. Right. Let's talk about some fucking Counter Strike service from ourselves. ESL New York. As I said, super happy because uh, it was actually very good Counter Strike. Lots of storylines coming out uh, from this one. Uh, let's just start with one. Right, because you know what you know what we're all about on this show. We keep it fucking real. Who's Let's talk. Hence, <laughs> oh. Who's getting flamed here? Faze. Well, I'm going to start with Faze, and then I'm going to go on to Ents. We're going to get the bad yeah. stuff out the fucking yeah. way. Faze, I I've said it many times. Be careful what you wish for, because you might get it. For how long now? How long, Lord? Has Nico been out there straight saying, oh, it's going to be great to play with Cold Zero. Can't wait to play with Cold Zero. Cold Zero is what we need in this team. Cold Zero, Cold Zero. Here we are on Instagram. Me and Cold <coughs> Zero crying in the club right now. Me and Cold Zero. Look, like, like, like there's some fucking incredible, you know, twins, like, separated by geography, but, like, bound by like ethos and ability. Just met a friend on, like, a fucking, like... Oh, yeah, totally, totally. They've gone too far. Yeah. Put it this way, no, no, it's like when you go and have them shit lads holidays uh, in Magaluf or Tenerife, right? And you meet somebody out there and you're like, fucking hell, yeah, and he's from Manchester and you're from Liverpool. And you go, oh, let's get matching tattoos. And then you just never see that cunt again. That's that's where that is headed, right? This is what That's what this relationship is actually going to pan out like. They're going to do the matching tattoo thing very soon. And then they're going to realise, horror, shock horror, they're actually shite. Uh, and, and listen... Cold Zero's performance uh, was absolutely abysmal. Uh, Nico's wasn't great. They bought, here's the thing, <clears throat> Cold for the event was shit. But like yeah. each of them had one map where they just fucking literally were bottom of the scoreboard of like everyone in the whole yeah. server ridiculously sore. Yeah. Which is obviously yeah. the joke, isn't it? Because coming in, the whole reason to do the move was like, well, at least you'll have two people carrying. And it's like, will you fuck? It's ridiculous. Like, that's the one thing no, that they could have done. This was the whole us. point. I know, and what, you, what you'll notice is now, Nico's, like, what, setting himself up as some sort of, like, 
primer for the other players. I, I don't know if you noticed this when they were playing, but like Nico wasn't taking the aggressive positions. He was flashing for like rain and all off my instead of going on the site and stuff. The only good thing about FaZe's performance here was that this brokey kid. He was um, yeah. yeah, actually, well, probably was the best player on the team. And, and all off Meister actually keeps showing shades that he might still be a viable top sure. level player. Um, but other than that, considering the big storyline coming in was they finally got their man. You know, I saw some criticism of like, oh, Faze not doing a big announcement for Cold Era. It was literally yeah, signed like just before the tournament and they still managed to put an announcement out. Many reasons to criticize Faze. By the but, way. I even yeah. personally think that that's even part of why you, you had all that weird build-up. Because obviously, think about it, right? If the deal was done, you wouldn't have Nico taking pictures on Instagram with him. You wouldn't have yeah. that stupid, blatant picture, which was supposed to have you look in the reflection and see Cold Zero. Yeah, to, me, yeah. they're, they're, to me, the whole angle there was, since the deal was still going on, and I'd even heard rumblings, maybe, you know, if it doesn't get finished now, we just do a deal and we take him as a stand-in. I think the logic there was like the whole, like, possession is ninth, tenth of the law thing. It's like, well, he's already here. He's playing with us. Everyone knows he's sort of in the team. Why not just go ahead and do the deal? Let him go. You know, it's like yeah. one of those. I, I felt like they were trying to press them in that regard, you know, like force the deal, as it were, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. That, that probably is a little bit the truth to that um but yeah it was always going to go ahead it was a matter of when because remember um, the kind of money we were talking about since people know that they were asking for a lot like a deal yeah. like that if you even save 10 percent, that could be like 100k that could be really oh, yeah. shit money you know worth pushing but, um that. yeah totally uh but but anyway i mean just in terms of what they got for the money that you know it's one of those purchases where you're like fucking hell i hope i kept the receipt on this because and i've seen the usual bullshit on reddit um you know, Reddit, the, the, the CSGO Reddit has become a, a sewer of just dumb opinions, like way worse than it ever used to be. I don't know if we've had an influx of like newer players, what were they going free to play? But the level of stupidity on, on uh, Reddit has become very apparent to me. Um, you know, let, let me give you some examples of shit I just noticed in the last two days. You made a tweet saying, God, it's weird that you can be fired for a joke. That that thread meant you had been fired from this ESL event uh, for saying this interview is cringe. 300 comments all substantiating that, all upvoted. And then no self-awareness when, of course, it wasn't that because it just wasn't that. Could uh, you imagine, going... right, me actually being fired and in a way where I could publicly say it and I would, like, craft it like that to be really yeah. vague? Is that... Yeah. I, I, if there's one thing you can say about me, Rich, I'm not a very vague person. No, not not at all. <laughs> Some would say it to yeah, a fault. Yeah. And, and, and these comments were just all, like... There was people breaking down, like, well, obviously, you know, you can't say that in interviews, cringe. It's not his fault that it went out. It's Isn't like, that mental? It's like none of this it happened except in your mind, you now. mad cunts. Like, you know, everybody in that thread that was like, they they even then came back and went, well, I mean, you know, even if he wasn't talking about that, he did a vague tweet, so it could easily be interpreted that way. No, it couldn't possibly be interpreted that way. Only a demented cunt would invent a scenario, then apply a tweet retroactively to the scenario they imagined. If you did that, mental problems i'll give you i'll give you uh, the benefit of the doubt and say it's just cognitive impairment like you're small <laughs> iq or something rather than actual you know a severe disease but uh either way you know get it checked out mate because 300 comments just all all debating a thing that objectively never happened front page mods don't take it down mods don't address it then i saw uh, today 100 thieves should totally get a scream 
because he will shift all their merchandise. It's like, where's right, this guy from? I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's just come out the fucking coma, and he like fucking, you know, but, uh, whatever. The only way Scream shifted all that hundred thieves merchandise if he's got a fucking cousin on the market store. We're talking about. <laughs> no, exactly. It's so berserk, isn't it? Right? No, but just think about what we're talking about. Hundred thieves, hundred thieves. Didn't they just have Ariana Grande doing a fucking video with them? So you you know they've got some and of the biggest you've heard how much money they've got. Why are they getting screwed? I know. So so what you so what you're telling me is right? They've got the courage working with them. They've got all these like big influencers. But what they need is some washed up shit Counter Strike player who hasn't been relevant at the top level since 2017, and even that's being fucking generous. Uh, and and he's going to come in. But what? Because he had a mouse that probably sold like I don't know, conservatively five thousand. He's the guy, is he? Fuck me. And Reddit are just, you know, listing it. Like, yeah, 100 Thieves, they should totally get screened. It's the perfect fit. That sob, I know it's an overused cliche, but like that sob is just the blind leading the blind, isn't it? It's someone who themselves didn't have all the information, decided. Like, that's that's where you can... Here's the thing, by the way. There is one level on which I will say, the place for stupid discussion is forums and websites like this. Like, it's kind oh, of totally, place, yeah. You know, it's, it is the water cooler of the internet, isn't it? That's where you go to just talk absolute shite in the morning. The problem oh, yeah. is is I've always noticed that what you can see about the mentality of the kind of person who likes that gossip is the less info they get, the more certain they are, which is bizarre because I operate on the opposite principle in my own life. But the mm. more of a vacuum there is, the more they just project into it all the de details. Hence why, when they're ever debating like why someone left a team, the reason why that infamous meme from HLTV that, like, you know, fucking FNX was supposed to have fucked first girlfriend <laughs> was so popular is because that's exactly yeah. right up there, Ali. There'll be something like, right, well, did you notice he never took a picture with Fern last week? Of it, like, they'll start, like, doing the mad detective shit. Yeah, they? yeah, exactly. At, they're not good at it at all. And, and they, they unfollowed each other on Twitter, and he's like, fuck me, you incels. Like, can you not, man? But anyway, so here's the other thing that I saw that was just mind-blowing to me. The level, first of all, there, uh, there, there were Brazilian fans now who've turned on Cold Zero, probably the best player they've ever had. Because <laughs> right? so why bonkers, not? Why not just complete that fucking I meme? I can't wait to do this special Brazil episode we're going to do. I'm the only way that would be better, right, is if their way to turn on Cold Zero would be like, I always thought Simple was better anyway. The same people who've been spamming for the last four years. I know. Like, Cold Zero, two majors, Simple Zero, like the same person. Did you see, by the way? completely. <laughs> Did you did you see by the way? Um, what was it? Fucking oh, oh what? Hang on, let me just get it. Uh, I'm gonna bring up the story. Right? Did you see when fucking you know Renzo Gracie? Right? Yeah, he, he works as like he's he's now the chief of tourism for Brazil. Obviously, legendary. Okay. You know MMA. Um, what does you know, he train you so it's safe to walk Brazil if you don't want to <laughs> Yeah, basically. So, uh, you know, the, the guy who sort of modernized, um, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, and kind of made it uh, famous in MMA circles and all that stuff if you, if you don't follow MMA. But anyway, an absolute legend. And he's basically the, the chief of tourism for Brazil. So he just had an outburst, like, because Macron said, oh, we should do something about the Amazon rainforests burning down. And he said, I'll fucking choke you out. I'll choke you out. He went mental, man. He, <laughs> it's so mental, the almost Biden-esque. No, listen. Listen, I'll, mate, I'll just read it to you. That gang of clowns only open their mouths to speak bad about our country. Does this happen because we are from Brazil? 
Brazil, even Renzo Gracie's doing it, mate. I'll ask you a question. Is his wife pretty or ugly? Would you do her? If you criticise our country, get ready to listen to a load of bullshit. And also about your relatives. The fact that he is sleeping with a dragon does not make him an expert on fire. She oh, is ugly, not, my brother. That's, that's a straight that fire line. He's got that's a good. fucking speechwriter yes. all up in this, good. motherfucker. Right? Um, where was the other thing he said? Because he called, he called, he insinuated that Macron was secretly gay and said he wasn't very masculine like the homosexuals, he said. And then he said, I, I will, I will choke him out if he ever talks smack <laughs> about Brazil again. Now, now, far be it from me to suggest there's some sort of cultural thing going on. But anyway. By the way, the you know, that was always what I said was the ultimate irony. And by the way, it's actually the same irony that exists in the United States of America when people who are obviously African-American talk about the seriousness of racism, right? Yeah. Is, listen, if you want to go on that on that particular path, you yourself have to be living that life. Well, the problem is in that particular community and in the Brazilian community, they're all over the racism topic. Homophobia. Yeah. You won't really see it. They're not, they're not the best record on that. Man, I just learned. I just learned this. What? There's a, there's a gay number. No, um, no, no. I'm, I'm being 100 percent serious, mate. Because I've been researching this shit. So what do you do then? If you're straight, you just don't live that age. No, listen. Like, let, me, let me, let me, let me, let me. And that's the last thing I'm gonna say about it. Mate, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it was real. I thought it was a joke. Um, it's either 24 or 23. Everyone's going 24 um, in the chat. The chat's what's going this? 24. What's their fucking version of the ADL? Right, here it is. I Listen, Jogo, Jogo de Bichu is, resp is responsible, uh, is the strong association of the number 24 with homosexuality in Brazil. In the game, 24 is the number given to the deer, an animal that has long been pejoratively associated with gay men. So when men have their 24th birthday, there's special cards that say 23 plus 1. This is no joke, mate. This is no joke. That is an actual thing. I couldn't fucking believe it. I couldn't believe I've it. I've heard of a lot of things, but not... I, of all the things I've heard of, listen... I couldn't lot, believe it. I, I, wish, I wish I was lying, brother. I can't I wish I was lying. Plus one part, 23 though. plus one cards, <laughs> mate. 23 plus one cards. Four that's, fucking real. No so problem real. with homophobia, like, but don't ever turn 24. Oh, and Billy, Billy, could you come up to the board and do the maths? What's uh, six, six times four? Uh, 23 plus one, miss. <laughs> no, 100%, mate. So anyway... <laughs> Anyway, no, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, bud. I'm telling you, mate. So anyway, I can't wait for the Brazil episode, but whatever the fuck. Anyway, I saw motherfuckers straight turning on um, Coldzera, right? So the Brazilians hate Coldzera now because apparently he's a Judas and a great betrayer, and he turns out he is actually 24 as well. So, you know, make of that what you <laughs> <laughs> And he has just bizarrely gone and joined a team with Nico. His new best friend. I can't do this show anymore, guys. Oh, we're never getting to 100 episodes. I just can't. Anyway. Right, it is. It's, it's full of ridiculous. He was also seen, like, feeding a deer in the forest, and that just fucking <laughs> ruined him. Anyway, so, you know, all the Brazilians are like, he's a fucking Judas. He was never that good. He's nothing without falling and all this. And I'm like, they're the comments I'm reading on Reddit, right? But then the non-Brazilians are now apologizing for him for having such a terrible first event, which is inexcusable. And everyone's going, well, he's just bloody rusty and all that. Yeah, because he quit the fucking team. I mean, you know, you don't get to turn around and go, I just can't get a bloody break, mate. I just haven't been able to play competitively. If you hadn't have fucking left your team, you hadn't have gone mental uh, and basically threw all of Brazil under a metaphorical bus, um, you know, you probably would have been playing. But anyway, 
Just, I just don't understand it. Like this, the, the phase looked objectively awful. The only good point was the brand new teenage player they've picked up yep. from fucking Latvia. <coughs> and everybody else, you know, I saw Rain doing what he always does. Rain's a great pro. He was saying, if I have to, if I'm, I have to be the guy to step aside. Listen, someone's got to step aside and get an in-game leader up in that bitch because it ain't fucking Nico, is it? Nico doesn't know what he's doing as an in-game leader. I'm so sick and tired. I saw somebody as well. Because he made it in the top five uh, for flashing experts. I mean, flashbangs in the game, guys. Yeah, sure. I'm not talking about him walking not around with a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, made, he made up with me. I can't allow it. I'm going to. All right. Don't know what you're talking about. Don't know what you're talking about. Don't believe it in the course. He's um, definitely not 23 plus one. No, definitely not. Uh, 100%. Uh, but anyway, so Kuzniko was in the top five flashbangs for thrown. Everyone was going, see, he's, he's, there was comments going, wow, he's really developing his game. He was bad. This is embarrassing for Faze. This is your first event out, right? With your marquee signing called Zero and the supposed young sensation. This is the team Nico wanted. And you go out in last place in a big fucking event. Um, at a time, by the way, when there was other teams that were still recovering from the player break. This is where you hit the ground running. You know, I don't even know where they are in the rankings. I haven't even checked. The 15th in HLT. Yeah, I was going to say, they can't be top 10. They can't be top 10. This is and one remember, of the most expensive teams ever assembled. So that's the, that, you know, that that's always the complaint about rankings is if you get an invite to an event, or if you just win one game, you're going to get some points, aren't you? So teams like FaZe, in theory, have the cheat code to stay top 10. So if you drop out of the top 10, you are really bad. You, you're like, you're like impressively bad with the talent you have. Yeah, meanwhile, by the way, Carrigan straight styling on every motherfucker over at Mouse Sports. Mate, it must be great to be Carrigan. Like, damn, feels good to be a gangster. He must be just living that shit every day, right? Like, full office space in his tits off. Because every time he gets fucking cut, well, it's only happened to him once where basically Glaive came in and did take him to that next yeah. level. But he was staring a full fucking player mutiny in the face. There's not much you can do when you say, I want to veto this map, and your team turn around and go, we're not <laughs> playing that map, mate. So and don't, away, you know. We, we want to play to do that one. This show back then, when that era was around, because that was the first by the numbers, if you remember. And for people mm. who don't know, even that context where someone might say, "Well, Glaive, you know, did more with what he had." Yeah, because Glaive yeah. had the equivalent of what Stanislaw just has now in Evil Genius. He's walked into a fully formed team that everyone even said the knock on this team is they don't go do as well as they should with the talent they have. Like we used to even say back then, that was like the best team that didn't win the championship or the major or whatever. So mm. if you just come in and inherit the whole team. You should do better. Like, it's your yeah, chance, isn't it? The other guy was, he's failed, but he's got a brilliant squad waiting for you. So uh, just just to pick up a few little points, I also saw Elmer Puddy did a, did a video, and I was like, I'll watch this, you know. I've, I've seen some good stuff by him. It was just a weird apology video, sort of on Cold Zero's behalf, just saying, uh, he's not played. He, he'll, he'll be rusty. Um, you know, he'll he'll definitely get back to where he's going to go. Here's some highlights to, to sort of underline that point. I don't know why people think that Cold Zero is just going to roll back the years on this team of all teams when it's very clear that Cold Zero was at his best when he played in a structure where everyone else was doing their job so he could be the wild card. That is not going to happen in phase, by the way. The pressure that he's going to be under to be dropping, you know, simple <coughs> levels of stats every game and clutching rounds and basically playing like he was in 2016 
is immense, and I don't think he's ever going to get back to that level, because who the fuck could? It's You know, Cold Zero was the best player in the world for two years running. It was unprecedented at the time. He was on another level that uh, we, we never thought would you know be eclipsed, and now, of course, we've got Simple and Zewu and fucking Elise and now Breezy, and obviously every time you, you think it can't be done, it's like the Olympics sprinting. You know, someone shaves off a second here, and, and you, you know you end up pushing it out. But I don't think Cold Zero is ever going to get back to his best. I think this is a bust. I think I think this is a terrible first look for Faze. And just to pick up on the point where everyone's going, should Yanko <coughs> shoulder some of the blame? Ordinarily, I'd talk about coaches. Let me tell you, if they fuck up at the next event, they'll oust Yanko. Yanko will be the guy who gets fucking, you know, brutalized, just like everyone past, because it can't be our God Emperor Nico and it can't be called Zera. So he will be ousted most likely. But as a coach, you can hear he's trying to give them input. But, mate, you can only make so much stick to, to, to the brick wall that is By the way, brain. think about this for a second as well. Like, first of all, yeah, exactly. The fact that Yanko is Nico's friend could have played in his favour. I actually think it probably plays against him at this point in time because, basically, <clears throat> he's going to have to have a massive disagreement with his friend to make any of this shit change. And then add on to exactly. that... You know, one of the players I heard in MIBR, Yanko had his problems with, fucking Gold Zera, why have you recruited him? Like, I know, I know. What is this team that you've created? I know. And then I'll I even know. say this, this is the problem. Like you said, the best player in the team was the fucking Brocky guy, the guy who actually had every yeah. reason in the world to fail, by the way. Unstructured team, hasn't played together properly, two massive egotistical guys who want the whole game based around them, Angie the Orper, and by the way, they were even having yeah. to play maps like fucking Vertigo and stuff, like... I, who knows if he's ever even played that competitively? So yeah. I even went in thinking, you know what? I think we even said it on the last episode. I even thought to myself, I'm not going to trash this guy too much if he does badly. No, it's, it's literally what we said. So the other way around, I give him even more props. Like actually, he, he looks like a prospect. But the problem is, not only did Cold Zero and Nico not fucking click and take over like they imagined. But even worse, you haven't at all addressed the in-game leader aspect. You know that thing a couple of episodes ago, where right after the major, when Alexi B was cut from ends, everyone was mm. like, the Fizz should just sign him. Right? You know Nico claimed, ah, I don't even really He wouldn't him. fit the team. I, I saw fucking, it. I'm calling your bullshit, Nico. I don't think you could get him. I don't think you would reveal it, because the things I've heard, by the Interesting. way, is that some of the deals people were going at Alexi B with were massive deals. So if he does end up being on that 100 Thieves team, he's going to be mega paid. So I would even suggest, yeah. maybe in a world where you're already trying to make your org shell out all that money for Cold Zero, I'd imagine they said, you know what, we're not doing two giant signings. Like, we're doing one. You wanted Cold Zero the whole time, that's the one. Pick someone else, get someone from FPL. So I think Nico's fucked himself on that one. This was the time to totally. get an IGL. And that was the guy to try for obvious reasons. It just, it just like it's like that's like the universe just threw you a bone. Just give it a go. If I was if I was a betting man as well, which obviously I, I'm not, but you can be if you go to com. There's another fucking beep for you, Sam. That'll yeah. Hope you're paying attention. Uh, you can go to com RLS and you can be betting men or, or women or what well, well, just betting yeah. people. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 23 plus one. Um, <laughs> but um, the, the 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 reality here is like I, I honestly see Alexi being MBK hooking up, and and, and not I think in a 23 plus one way. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, uh, in the team sense, and and basically creating a great bedrock for a really good team. 
Um, I think that's gonna one hundred percent gonna happen. And um, so basically, that's the, that's the rumor. It sounds very plausible because again, no, but I mean, well, think about well, think about how great that is to, oh, as a starting point. On both to sides, team. on both yeah. sides of the two players and the org, it makes one hundred percent sense to make that move. Right? That's the basis yeah. of the team, not least because as we've seen, Brocky guy is a great example. The one thing you don't need to hunt the world for anymore is like skilled up and commas. We got all them. That's all FPL produces. The hard thing to find is IGLs and supportive elements. So if you can yeah. get those to start with. That's a pretty good fucking start to the team. I agree. It's not like the old days where you start like at the you know the head of the animal with the fucking you want the super six star player or whatever. There's plenty of players can be that player. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So look, let's talk about Ents. Uh, what a fucking embarrassing event for Ents. And again, be careful what you wish for, guys. Be careful what you wish for because you might get it. You got it. You got your boy Sunny right, and unfortunately. You are a disorganized bag of shit now as a team because you got rid of somebody that we can we can clearly say happened just so happened to be one of the best IGLs um, out there. Let me just give you a brief summary of their their run, if it can indeed be called that, through ESL New York. They got banged out to zero by a G two mix team. That in no way reflects what the final G2 looks like, as we've seen with today's announcement, which we'll talk about. Basically, this was an opportunity for, like, Kiyoshima to say, hey, guys, I'm still here, which I don't think he really took advantage of, but whatever. Uh, and Lucky to say, well, <laughs> remember me! I'm going to be your fucking... Good map, though, if to give him credit. No, 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 it, it's map. true, it's true, it's true. But, uh, but basically, right, yeah. look, he yeah, he's he is gone. gone. He's going to be there in the fucking 21 but retired XMS fucking nightmare. So another casualty of the French bullshit. Um, whatever. But, you know, like, you Ents couldn't beat this unprepared G2 with, you know, zero, players with little motivation to play well just mercenaries at this point and they lost to them not once but they lost to them twice and they, they managed they to lose four of the five maps they played against them that's yeah, how bad which it is, was <laughs> which is which is mental and then they struggled against the united um they literally let the united put double figures <coughs> double digits against them two times right so what what is this project like why am i excited about ents anymore uh, spoiler i'm fucking not you fucked up big time boys you had you had the fucking lightning in a bottle that was you had uh, basically an in-game leader that knew how to make you guys all play better than you actually are somehow combining you and you've traded that out for an addi for, for additional fragging power you didn't need the team wasn't failing and it's the meta in for a few months no anyway. exactly. the, 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 the team right it wasn't a firepower thing the, the 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 problem that you had was basically that the meta changed it weren't it weren't your fault it, you, you know what i mean you sometimes you just got to roll with that and hope the meta swings back your way it was a knee-jerk fucking reaction to a problem that was marginal at best and i'm sick of hearing all these rumors about oh you would never believe what was going on behind the scenes you're right i wouldn't because i watched alexi b at the fucking major be the knowing he was on the chopping block do all your interviews, act like a fucking pro, played really well, and, and was in the worst situation for an IGL yeah, to be in. Come on, man. Who are they making out like this guy is? Like yeah. Patrick Bateman, like just keeping a perfect like, <laughs> yeah. facade, but then behind the scenes, what, he's just the biggest cunt ever, is he? What did he yeah, do? Fucking no. put a tiny trickle it. of piss in Alu's fucking Red Bull or something. What did <laughs> no. he possibly do? 
I, I don't buy it, mate. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. And um, so unless something comes out in the next month or so where it turns out he has done something heinous, um, I think this is the, one of the dumbest decisions. And look, we all like Sonny as a player. We all think Sonny's a great guy, but he's not an IGL, and Alu's not an IGL. And so this roster move is so baffling to me, and you have gone so far back from where Ents were, just like, you know, you, you could have been finalists at this major if you hadn't fucked around before the major and you'd handled Alexi B going out in a sensible fashion. You didn't because, hey, you're a CS team and everyone's got fucking dementia like Biden out up in this motherfucker. Just fucking, just fucking completely, completely bananas fucking decisions all the time. Like, why not just get rid of your IGL after the tournament and don't tell anybody that you're actually going to do it in the team so they can focus on the world championships? Why not fucking do that? No, I'm the crazy one. Okay, no problem. So you fuck up potentially having back-to-back -back major finals because you have the easiest bracket. You were literally given a fucking layup and a trampoline and you couldn't dunk at all to save your fucking life. And now you go to ESL New York and you can't even beat mixed teams and you're struggling to beat E United. Get me the fuck out. The Ents Project is doomed. I, I just cannot see a positive aspect. The, 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 for me, worse than FaZe in the sense that where you consider where Ents were, like, I don't really have high hopes for FaZe. I think it's a dumpster fire. Ents were one of the best teams in the world, legitimately, just like, what, six months ago? And I think I think it's just a downward spiral from here, and you're not, we're not even going to be talking about them in 2020. I don't know if you share that opinion. Like, basically, this particular <laughs> five-man lineup, <clears throat> I already had my qualms about the move anyway. Like I said earlier, the problem with that whole angle of them trying to tell me that, like, you know, he wasn't really the IGL anyway, is I think that just plays into that very popular problem of stars making the mistake of thinking that when you're a secondary caller, that means you could also be the main caller. But as we've pointed out a million times over, that's very, very different. Like, it's mm. just such a, it's such a night and day scenario that... I always think you can, you, I, I, I mean, we made the point in the last episode, almost every single time someone's done it, it's been the wrong move. So that already made me mega skeptical. And then already coming in, I know to other people, this is mind blowing, but guess what? In the same way that I called that Astralis wouldn't be good for months and months and months because they took all that time off. I also assumed that with Sonny coming in wouldn't be at his top level. Like mm. that's the problem. When they could have brought Sonny in in the past, he could have still been a very good player. But now, like the, the, this is the real killer for Ents is you've got now, this is actually the busiest time of the year. This this is like the summer where there's going to be tournament after tournament after tournament after tournament, all in a row. So where are you going to get the time to get him back to form? Where are you going to get yeah. the time to work on your game and get a structure? Like, even if Allo is the IGL, you've got to have a time to create the structure that you then exactly. build things from. Like, the reason why I always praise Carrigan is, like, he's got the fastest start-up time from, like, ground floor to, like, being competent. He's and got tactics then, he hasn't even used yet. That's why. Like, sure. he's always theorizing about the game. So if he, if, if, if Mouse Sports cut him tomorrow, the next team he goes to gets a, gets a, a, a massive boost immediately. That's, that's just who he is. Whereas if you look at the ends team, this team has nothing. Like, they had no mm. maps, practically. All the maps that were strong, they're all gone. The maps that they did play when they played DOS 2, you're getting outfragged by G2. G2's not even a team that's considered to have big firepower for fuck's sake, guys. So, like, everything looked terrible about this move. In terms of looking at the future, here's the thing. Eventually, given enough time, I expect Sonny to become a good player again. I don't think talent just disappears. And there's a very good reason why his level went down. It's just the yeah. problem is, even if I put him at the level he should be at, 
how would it ever make this team what Ents was? I don't think it does. So for me, I think actually this team probably flounders even when Sonny comes along and he's like, you know, like bottom of the top 10 or battling for the top 10. And then I think what personally happens is now that you've started down this path and it's just about getting skilled players, I think the next thing is you wait till next year and then that fucking auto guy from Crazy has to come in. And you have to just yeah. go skill-wise because you've taken the tactical outside that you had to the game and whether who knows who did the in-game leading, but it doesn't matter, it's gone. That part is gone. It's like that fucking South Park thing. And it's gone. Like that, <laughs> just over, in it? Like, there's no point worrying about that. So the problem I have is it's not just bringing one player in for another player. You have to sort of reinvent the squad, I think. So I think they're in a really bad spot in light of all the teams improving, making good roster moves, getting to their peaks now. Like, they're in a really vulnerable spot going into these next few tournaments, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll get to the middle of the pack. So Team Liquid Watch, because I'm not going to talk about G2 because the team that competed here isn't really the team. I'm they don't about... perform, fair play to them. Yeah, and I'm not going to talk about Optic because I think uh, at the end of the day, like I'm not going to judge any team um, kind of that is in limbo like they are because obviously they, they're only repping Optic through like contractual obligations. They're not really in Optic. They don't really have a home. They've got a lot of problems going on right now. There was some straight fire banter with the whole Astralis thing. Sure. I suppose we can talk about fun. that. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, MSL got bodied. He always <laughs> um, does. That's the problem. I know, isn't it? Like, I know. Here's the he thing. Does it to himself, mate? It's like it's like people told him, like, go on, you've got to give it a go. Being a personality, he's like, okay, let's see how this goes. Like, ha, ha we will come back strong. Everyone's like, shut the fuck up, you idiot. Come back strong. He's like, oh, it didn't work. So I don't blame him. Like, his problem is, and by the way, this is actually, by the way, what was always the rep about MSL as a player is he's mm. one of those guys who's considered like too serious, you know. And who oh, yeah, have, like, a great sense of humor. So the problem is, people who are too serious. It's like it's like fucking. If you're too uptight, you're not going to be able to banter right here for fuck's sake. It's, you can. Do you want to know what's really back. funny about him though? If you fucking get him after when no one's playing and it, it put a drink in his hand, one of the funniest motherfuckers. Like no joke. And that's just him. Pants he was telling us about. <laughs> I'll tell you. And uh, you know they're different people now. Obviously, we all grow up. We all mature. Not me, like, but they did. Um, you know, when, when I used to go to fucking events with, with those guys, MSL and Pimp, because obviously they played on lots of teams together, sure. those dudes were fucking outrageous, mate. I'm the, the night Sam went fucking crazy, um, because he downed a pint of rum, <laughs> like where Vince tried to stage an intervention for Sam because <laughs> Sam was out of control, right? Those guys, MSL and Pimp, were there. I can't even remember what How fucking event fucking Vince thinking he can have an intervention? I know, <laughs> mate. Yeah, I just, just want to clarify that intervention <laughs> will not work. <laughs> it will not. Sam and me are on the... We're on the death train. Like, we're... we're that, no intervention is necessary. We know what we're doing. Sam, do you know you're going to die? Yeah. Sam, I'd just, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. just like to read this letter to you, Sam. I love you. All right, no, 23 plus one shit. No, no, but I love you. And your your drug and alcohol abuse is hurting our friendship. Like, all right, you daft cunt. You got, you got anything? Yeah, well, you got, it sounds like you're just soft as shit, like. Yeah. And that's the end of that. You're going to finish that fucking Newcastle Brown, mate. If you're not going to have your drugs, I'll have them then. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, so anyway, MSL and Pimp, man, they, they were just, they, they were so fucking funny to go out drinking with. So the idea that MSL's like uptight, you know, because I know the dude outside of it, is is it, he's he isn't that type of character, but man, he takes his CS so fucking serious because uh, he wants to succeed. I mean, he's looking. You know, you look at the career he's had. There's always been 
you know, again, it, it was like it's, it's like playing in the era the of Federer. Yeah, exactly. But unfortunately for him, it's always been somebody else. Like his sure. time has never truly arrived because somebody just nips in. So he's been on some great teams going all the way back to like uh, the Western Wolves lineup, which was, you know, second fiddle to NIP at the time, right the way through to the modern era. And, um, you know, you have to feel a little bit for that. And that's why he takes it so serious. He's a future Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about it. He's made a stellar contribution to the game. He's had trophies. He's done some incredible things. It's more than people um, realise, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and despite all the memes about him being like some sort of terrible player, also across his career, he's had some purple patches, which most IGLs never get close to in terms of fragging and, and the roles that he's done. He's a very versatile guy and a great brain. But uh, unfortunately for him, he's just never been in that position where he gets to be number one and gets to have a dominant era. And I think it preys on his mind a little bit. And I think this is why he gets into these mind games to try and give himself an edge. And the mind game always works against him. So if you missed it, guys, he basically did a tweet where he said... Um, <coughs> You know, I hope, I hope, uh, I saw a device say that we don't have tactical depth on Dust 2. Um, so I hope they pick it. And anyway, <laughs> when they ended up playing uh, each other, um, they they got wrecked. And basically, Glaive just came out and said, well, if they had a playbook, they didn't show it. So he got absolutely fucking, he got double shot on. Um, so you have to feel a little bit for him. But straight fire, I do love that CS has that kind of organic banter with each other. Where you know there's an edge to it. It's not like some scripted, like Activision Blizzard Overwatch writers are like, quick, quick, quick. Um, we've got to run this through legal to see if it's okay to do the trash talk. Can we just hold on a little bit? Fuck that, you know what I mean? Like, CS is blessed in that sense. But anyway, we'll get on. Let's do Team Liquid Watch, as I said. Where are we at with Team Liquid? Because obviously, still number one in the rankings. Um, they they finished uh, in, in the semis here. Hell of a series against Astralis, it's got to be said. Like, oh, just again, delivered so much more than what we saw at the major. Just in general, not just comparing it series to series. Uh, when they played each other, but just in general, just the overall level, you know, Astralis had the dander up, uh, Team Liquid looked much better here than they did at the major, but there were still problems, and, and I've got to say it, I, when, I, when I was watching Team Liquid, there's this weird undercurrent, dude, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I think they're going to do something stupid, I like think they're going to do something, yeah, something's happening, mate, I, I, honestly, I honestly think... They've always been basket cases, a lot of them, like collectively, like individually. I think they've all got great attitudes uh, for the game and they're all about making moves <coughs> that, you know, that are bold and brave. And I love the way they all play individually. And it's been great watching them come together like a Voltron and make the number one team in the world. And just one of the most exciting teams of Counter-Strike we've ever had, right? But collectively, there's something about this team that when they're not leading from the front, the doubt sets in. And it becomes evident in the play style, in their body language. Um, and, I, and I'm just worried now with evil geniuses <coughs> that coming into the scene. And they could easily be the world's number one team, you know, after the next event, right? It's, it's very easy to conceive of them getting there now. I think they're going to do something daft. I really do. Um, I kind I of have a similar to fear. Because here. here's my problem. Yeah is I think that, like, this tournament, Malmo obviously starts tomorrow. They've got a couple mm -hmm. of tournaments in a row that they're basically on the road for. They're playing all these yeah. events. I feel as though if they don't win any of these tournaments, I I'd agree with you, they'll do something drastic. Or, they'll, or that'll be the moment that, like, 
you'll find out about some fracture in the team, etc. Because yeah. the problem is, for some stupid reason, I mean, I made the point earlier that when they got to number one, it was quite weird because, you know, if you'd ever seen what happened behind the scenes, they were trying to kick people and have people leave, mm-hmm. and have people go to cloud nine. It's just that the moves never happened. So I even made the point to them, it's mad. They kind of backdoored the number one team. But the stupidest thing is, like, they're one of those teams where... Even though I personally, if I was them, I'd be like, let's lock in for contracts and play, agree we're going to play for mm. the next two years. And listen, let the chips fall where they may. Because with that amount of talent and with that kind of talent fitting together, like you saw in the Astralis game, when they were banging, they got like 15 rounds in a row against Astralis. No, no, it was unreal, wasn't rolling. it? Yeah, like, if it I have unreal. a squad like that, I'm never going to let one loss go to my head. I'm going to go, fuck it. We can win a lot of championships. I even told them when they actually were in their summer spree, like, the dumbest thing you guys could do would ever be break this team up. You want to let this core run for a few years. Listen, if one guy goes really bad, yeah, you replace him. But you keep three or four of you, like Astralis did, as long as you can, because this could be, like, the seeds of a mega dynasty. And I thought they got it, but that was when they were winning. As you've seen, when yeah. they started losing... This is one of those things that's frustrating if you're in esports is you'll meet players. The player I always give the example from CIS region is fucking Flamey, where mm-hmm. Flamey's idea of who he is as a player is so much more diminished than my idea of him as a player. Like if I could, if I was, if it was my brain in his body, I think I, he would be a better player. Like not in the sense that obviously I wouldn't know all the game, you know, but you know what I mean? Like I would play more aggressively. I would take the, I believe that I was better. So people like that, it's that, it's the weirdest thing in the world when someone's really talented, but they, for some reason, think they should lose. It's so mm. tough to battle that mindset. Yeah. And, and listen, so again, if I was a betting man, this is, this is what I, w- I think is going to happen. I think it's probably based on reading between the lines, uh, reading between the lines and looking at the tweets and social media and, and just general how they're carrying themselves. I think it's something that relates to NAF, whether it's his role in the team or, or something like that. And I think you would probably see NAF go and automatic come in. I think that... I, think right. that, I mean, that, Stu that, would obviously want the move, wouldn't he? Yeah, that to me. But but obviously as well, relationship between Jack and, and, and Steve Arnsett and, and Liquid would be able to pay top dollar and that would be the only circumstances that Jack would let automatic go, but he'd also give him mates rates and definitely facilitate the deal. That would be the direction to see them heading in. Now, on the surface... That isn't that isn't a terrible. It's not a bad trade. Um, it's upside yeah. to the sides of that. Yeah, that 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 doesn't sound terrible. But I'm like you. I would not want to break this team up no, at all. Even even if you don't win these tournaments, you're just coming out of a break. I know the major was disappointing. I know you're probably staring into the abyss, thinking, "Are we the next phase?" Well, we had the gift. We had the gifted major that we didn't get, and and you you might want to do something about it. This roster, when it's on point is still the best in the world for me, still the best to watch in the, in the world for me, and can do things no other roster in the world can What's do. What's stupid is, this match here, I know, here's the sad thing, Richard, right, is before mm. the match, if you notice, I was even trying to provoke them. Like, I got Elise to promise that 100% he would turn up as prime Elise. I got him to say mm-hmm. that on Twitter. Privately, I won't go into many details, but basically, Twists told me they were going to win the series, right? So, um, I can yeah. say that in a scenario where it's not a betraying conversation. I'm sure you and me even said it in the interview after the major, right? Yeah, so, no, he did, he did. So these players, like, listen, they wanted to believe. And if you look at the game, mm-hmm. they obviously brought a good game in the right moments, and they had a chance. But this is what I don't get. If they're taking that loss hard, and they're like, oh, but we lost again, doesn't work, this mm-hmm. team, you're missing the good parts of the game. Think about when they were on T-side of Dust 2, or when they were on T-side of Overpass, and they had, like, must-win rounds, right? They were taking on an Astralis that I don't think is Prime Astralis, but everyone else is telling me is Prime Astralis, right? Right? Prime Astralis are gods on CT-side. They're unbeatable when they're on CT-side. 
literally when Team Liquid would run in, you saw exactly why the Team Liquid lineup is genius. Because yeah. it didn't matter which player went and died first, your brain always said the next player can just trade this 100%. And they would. If they sent three guys around the corner, 100% the first kill's getting traded off and they're on the site. Like, the actual ability when these guys just, they don't need even the utility, when they just have the rifles in their hands, it's unreal. That's why the angle on Naf is so weird. Because listen, if you look within this team, I could even see why he might be bothered. He might think, you know what, I could be more of a star than another team. I kinda, mm. I'm kind of giving up space to Elysian Twists. Yeah, but that's the thing, mate. If you're my third best player, holy fuck, I've got some sick matchups in this game. That's like having, yeah. that's, that would be like the equivalent of some like egotistical wide receiver being like, I'm only the second best wide receiver on this team with a godlike quarterback. Why don't I go and be the number one option? You know what, mate? It'll be good for you, your, your bottom dollar, but you'll win more championships being the second option. If you're a sick mm. wide receiver, you've got two options. Now, now you can spread the whole field, can't you? So in the same sense, like I really feel like they're looking past the strengths because when they're on their game, as you said, I don't think anyone can stop them. I don't think it's Astralis, anyone. That's why I'm very interested to see them against the EG team. I think that could be a fucking sick game. Well, I, listen, I, I think I think what we get, and obviously we'll talk about EG in, in just a sec, um, I think what we've got now is, for me, um, like it's, it's great to see Astralis up there. Um, of course. You know, and, and, and they make the scene better when they're at the top. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know we we uh, obviously rightly criticised them for the whole Bl Blastralis thing. Um, maybe maybe you know what in a, in a weird kind of way, <clears throat> all of that criticism, <clears throat> all of that bullshit has actually worked in their favour because they do seem to have a bit more of that fire back. They do seem to have a bit more, um, you know, overall structure. Uh, they they do seem to be pulling out individual levels of performances that you know weren't they weren't capable of in that blastralis phase where they were just doing blast events and they were avoiding the big events. You know why that is, of course, because playing in big series against the top teams makes you a better team because you have to bring your game, you yes, have to raise exactly. your level. You know you don't want to dodge the best fighters out there. You don't want to dodge the best teams, not be playing in the playoff games. It's not good for you. It it might feel like you're having you know having a great time sipping cocktails and doing best of ones, but you're actually getting weak. You're getting soft the entire time, and that's undoubtedly what happened to Astralis. But just recently, this Astralis, it's not peak Astralis. Anyone who says that it is didn't watch peak Astralis. Exactly. But but um, but still but a very good team though. Obviously, yeah, yeah. This is like I'd put them in about maybe. 80% of what peak Astralis yes. was. That's, and it turns out that's good enough to be a top three team in the world. No doubt. If so, anything I, shows you how fucking insane peak Astralis was, right? Yeah, yeah, never seen anything like it in my life. But I think now what we've got, super exciting time, and this might be hyperbolic because we've just had this first event from EG. I think we see Team Liquid and EG, uh, and this will be the first time this has ever happened uh, in, C in the CSGO era, uh, we're going to have two NA teams vying for that number one spot. And what a sick rivalry that's yeah, going to be. Course. You know, Team Liquid, a great brand in its own right with a lot of history. EG back in the game um, after so long out. Uh, just a legendary brand that I think everybody's going to gravitate towards. The perfect team to pick up. Um, and and uh, we'll talk about the sale in just a sec. 
and 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 Team Liquid versus EG for one and two, battling back and forth. Those series are going to be straight fire. Just think about the talent that's on display. You know, when you just go head to head down the list, like your Nitro into your Stanislaw, you know, your fucking your Cirk into your Twist, your Breezy into your Elite. Like fuck me, this is it's ridiculous. like an all star game. Yeah, exactly. Like this is literally like an all star game with the individual levels uh, that people are playing at. Um, plus as well, loads of great interlinking storylines like Tarek and Stewie2K. Ultimate fuck you to MIBR, by the way, that the two guys that they kind of put all the baggage on and said, ah, they never really fit in the team. It was never really working. Stewie, Stewie's gone on to play in the number one team in the world and fucking now Tarek is now at Evil Geniuses, uh, completing the set of all the NA teams to play for, winning tournaments with them while where the fuck is MIBR at? Maybe look a little bit closer to home before you scapegoat people, boys. Just a thought. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I honestly think that's the future we get to and what a great time for NACS. Undoubtedly the best it's ever been in the CSGO era by some distance. This is where like fans don't understand the difference between making snarky comments on Twitter and what you actually think. Anyone mm. who thinks I watched that Team Liquid versus Astralis game and I'm a Team Liquid fan, and therefore I was like, oh, shit, Astralis just fucking got lucky. I thought that game was fucking awesome. I was loving every minute of it. I even loved the periods where Astralis was just dreaming them on Vertigo, and it was like, right, they're going to have to fucking dig deep now on Dust 2. Anyone can lose Dust 2, mate, you're going to get 2-0. Oh, what's that? They blow them out the water completely with mad yeah. performance by everyone. And then Overpass, just like at the Major, was a fucking banger. What a banner oh, yeah. of a map. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the thing. I'll always take a good game over who I want to win winning. Like, oh, of course. People, yeah, fuck people yeah. don't even get that angle. It's not that I want Team Liquid to win. It's that when I see their potential, what they've actually done when it manifests, like we said, it's incredible. It could be the best team to ever play CS. So, But mm. this is the key thing. This is a key thing to understand if you ever want to understand my character. Is I'm glad Astralis is way better. I don't want Team Liquid to get any easy victories. I don't want them to get... Like, I actually thought in a weird way, you know, it would have kind of sucked if FaZe had won that major over Cloud9. Because we would have got the... It would have been the great for the storyline. Look, Carrigan wins a major, and then we're... But then everyone would rightfully have been able to say, well, the team that used to beat USK didn't have their last player, and Astralis was in bad shape. It would have been like a gimme major, wouldn't it have been a thing? Mm. The teams are like, I want to be tested to the limit. Like, I want Team Liquid to be number one if they can beat everyone. If they can beat Astralis at their best, then you're number one. I want you to go for the crown, go for greatness, go for the greatest level possible. Don't just get easy wins. That's bullshit. So I'm, I'm hoping these teams all go hell for leather now we have an yeah but it was like the, it was like the criticism that you don't like astralis when the whole reason we were criticizing astralis is that I they know. let what i like them been more than anyone the yeah, exactly. <laughs> they let what could have been an unprecedented era slide for corporate interest here's the so analogy I mean, i'll give you an analogy you'll appreciate it's the ultimate right? praise so obviously one of my favorite drinks is the drink iron brew and it's a soft <laughs> drink right that comes from scotland is. And the thing that's, it is. but this is the interesting thing. The thing that's very famous about Iron Brew is no one actually mm. knows what it tastes like. It's some sort of vague, yeah. weird fruit taste. Yeah. But the main reason why it doesn't matter what it tastes like is it's just incredibly sugary. Because as I don't know if people know this, but like a lot of places with a lot of poor people in Scotland, they used to just bang sugar twenty four seven, like everything. Like that, that's where they actually invented the deep fried Mars bar. And all you idiots, at like fucking fairs in America, think it was you just because you're Americans and you like to blast your own fucking hearts, etc. But it was actually Scotland who invented it. But the point I'm getting to is this. So I used to love Iron Brew. Well, they sell it actually in a shop near my house, right in Amsterdam. So I was thinking, brilliant, fucking sell Iron mm. Brew. So I grab a bunch, right. Well, the problem is, you know, in the modern day with all like the 
like the government's even put in place all the like fucking sugar rules of like yeah. yeah exactly how much sugar yeah. you can have in something so what they've done is they've reduced the sugar heavily in iron brew so it doesn't even taste good now now think of this analogy right if i was like that's bullshit they've changed iron brew and someone else goes what are you on about tastes the same to me in that scenario if i'm angry that they changed it would your conclusion be he really hates iron brew mm. but it, no i'm the <laughs> only one who really likes it that's the point <laughs> I'm pointing out that it, you have changed it from what it was. And by the way, I like the way at the end of it all, Rich, because Team Liquid has now lost twice to Astralis, apparently yeah. we're all just going to skip the part where I absolutely was right that their level would drop off for ages and they weren't number one. Like, apparently we're just supposed to skip all that because this is the worst thing. By the way, the best thing ever is that Astralis lost this semi-finals here because the mm. mentally ill Astralis fans who were before were saying, oh, they just uh, peak at majors, were trying to spin it the same way, like, Ah, uh, they don't. I even had one guy tell me, I guess really in Counter-Strike, the rest of the scene sort of like the regular season and the major is the playoffs. And I was like, that's not in any way the way it is in Counter-Strike, nor has it ever been, nor <laughs> will it ever be, actually. That's such a ludicrous premise, isn't it? Uh, I mean, honestly, like, I, I think it was definitely good for the scene that Astralis didn't pick this up. Um you know, but but I, just to talk about Astralis for a little bit and give them some props, I, I thought they looked really, really good again. Uh, perhaps even better uh, than they were at the Major. Uh, in particular, Majisk. There, there was so many rounds, um, you know, in, in every series up until the final where rounds looked to be beyond them and Device would step up, Magisk would step up. Um, you know, keep in mind, in the final itself, EG could have done it in three straight if it wasn't for Astralis, like, showing guts and battling back. Um, and I think EG also started thinking about it, didn't they? They were on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was they were a on bit T-side, so they had to execute. So they, would, they did the classic choke where you do that, you know, you, you almost hope the other team just rolls over and gives you it. Mm. But um, just just so much to like about the, about this team, and I think they're going to be there or thereabouts. They're going to be troubling people um, for a while. I don't think they're going to go on and have another dominant era. It seems inconceivable, and they're definitely not back to their best. That, that's just the reality. It's also of it. such a sexy storyline, Richard. That now yeah, sure. core has beaten them more than they've beaten them. Like yeah. they've beaten them like three of the last four series or something mental they've played. So it's yeah. legit as fuck. Like, think about that. Even if Astralis becomes number one, they have a team that's literally their kryptonite. Oh, yeah. And and, and not only that, I think we, we we really the top ten isn't reflective of what the top ten's gonna be in like a month's time. Like, not even no, close. by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, two of these tournaments got fucked up by that. So ESL New York yeah. also looks like well, group A is whack. Similar mm. scenario on Dream at Melbourne. Group A looks whack. Well, here's the thing: both of the groups were done with the world rankings. The problem is this. If Ents is my number five team, well, that's not Ents, is it? And if G2 is my number six team, well, that's not G2. So you see the problem is your ranking doesn't disappear because you changed a player. It takes a lot. There's a little lag, isn't there? So the problem right now is just that we have teams like FaZe and like they have rankings that they don't even deserve at the moment because their teams just sabotage mm. themselves, haven't they? Oh, yeah, totally. But I mean, like just looking at this top 10, right? I mean, keep in mind that Vanguard's number four, well... That's going to drop like a motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, like they're going to sink like a motherfucking stone. I think Vitality as well. Uh, Do you want to know something, actually? I've got a good... Since we, since yeah. earlier we were ragging on Brazilian culture, I'll actually <laughs> yeah, bring on. out something that I heard from the MIBR guys. That is fucking funny as fuck. They go told on. me there's a brilliant idiom in um, Brazilian, right? And so what? And I won't say which team they were saying it about, but obviously Evangar is a perfect example. They said that in their country, like, what you say is you say, cow in a tree. And then when someone goes, what do you mean? You go, no one knows how it got there. 
but it's coming down. What a great fucking yep. idiom. Yeah, That's that is perfect. pretty good, actually. Because the point yeah. is, yeah, no one knows how Vanguard really got that high. How did they do it? Yeah, it yeah, matter, right. Though, does it? It's irrelevant. They will be dropping down. Like, it's yeah, a really fucking line, actually. No, yeah. I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll try and carry that moving forward. The only thing I didn't sure, understand you know? was why, as I was laughing and saying what a great line it was, walking away, they kept just saying, like, the number 24 over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it was just strange, wasn't it? I thought they were just um, big fans of Jack Bauer, but I don't know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> who isn't uh but yeah vanguard being up there keep in mind as well i think this vitality move with shocks is going to be a fucking disaster piece um it's it's just so quintessentially french counter-strike and as i've said i think they're going all the way down meanwhile the g2 roster move who fucking knows where they finish mouse sports are on the climb navi got a new lineup um you know so the, the, the this this top 10 uh, could get shook up real quick. And uh, I think, you know, what what's going to come out of that could very well be some teams that are capable of beating Astralis as well. I, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility. So I think currently we can't make any broad judgments about whether Astralis is going to get that climb back to the top. All I'm going to say is Astralis is definitely going to be in the top five no matter where the chips fall. They do look like they'll win some more championships. I mean, you look at the, sure. the flux that the whole scene's in. Like, obviously, it helps like a motherfucker that your main rival team, Liquid, for some reason themselves think they should lose to you. That's that's like the dream scenario. The problem for them, obviously, is the EG situation. So if EG can really become that like top two, top three team every event, then they've got a problem to deal with. Like, by yeah. the way, even that's awesome. It's like I said on Twitter, where fucking Zonic did the classic, like, coaches tweet, you know, like, oh, you know, like, they played better on this particular map mm. or whatever, you know. And so I just said, get in them demos, champ. Like, that's what I want. Mm. I want to see a team that's sick at preparation, at picking people apart, go and do work. Like, I'll even throw in as an interesting side angle, is one of the things Astralis, among all the analysts, is infamous for, and is why we pretty much worship that peak Astralis team, is because not only would they win, they'd win while shutting down whoever your star player was, even if it was simple. If it was simple, if it was too, it didn't matter. They just shut you down. Well, they couldn't actually do that to fucking Breezy. In fact, they haven't any of the yeah. times they played him. So that in itself is like, holy shit, is even he as a player, the kryptonite? Because that would be super interesting. Oh, for sure. Um, so look, let's talk about EG. Uh, obviously, the big announcement came through. DK broke this story. Um, that EG were going to basically swoop in and pick up the NRG team. Uh, and I'm, you know... <laughs> I interviewed Andy Miller, the guy who sort of runs NRG and uh, the um, San Francisco Shock, obviously just won the Overwatch. Uh, Unfortunate timing for him, I have to say. He could have won both the championships in one weekend, couldn't yeah. he? Um, but in an interview sort of talking about it, he said it was like nothing to do with the team and it's just the Counter-Strike Counter -Strike landscape and it doesn't make money and stuff. And, and while I think the game definitely has monetization issues because of how Valve want to keep it open circuit, the idea that you cannot monetize a Counter-Strike team, to me, seems absurd. And what, what, what Andy Miller means to say, and this is the truism, is that when you commit to these franchise leagues, I mean, generally, you can only really commit to, to one or the other, right? Like, because you, you're paying 25 mil yes. just to get a piece of this pie. And then if you do it twice, because they've got that Call of Duty League coming out, now we're talking 50 mil, and then what? i got to run a fuck... And then what? i got a League of Legends team as well? Well, that's 10 mil... And what? So now I have another team that is kind of like just an afterthought to that, doesn't have a structured, you know, we have to have a dedicated sales team just monetizing them separately on the side and it gets complicated. So people don't want to do it. But what, what, what we're really talking about is when you sign up to these bullshit franchise leagues, you get a slot, you get a brand um, that is worth something. 
primarily the slot because obviously the developer keeps the brand and it gives your org artificial value because again, Fox like, being a perfect example that's why they had yeah. that crazy valuation right yeah, now, you know, if you, people don't know what Duncan's talking about, there was a Forbes list where Echo Fox were valued at, like, what was it, 100 300 million or something mental, I think. Something yeah. really high. Like, something it was it was unbelievably high. high. Let me let me tell you now that that organization, without a League of Legends slot, because they've sold to evil geniuses, without any other teams, with internal turmoil and strife, that brand is going to get sold for peanuts. That brand is going to get sold to somebody else for, I don't know, it won't even be a mil. It won't even be half a mil, right? That's the future of the Echo Fox brand, if anyone wants to buy it at all and doesn't consider it a toxic asset. Why was it ever valued that high? Because, well, first of all, the people doing the valuations don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But second of all, artificially propped up by the idea that because franchise slots are finite, you can charge whatever you want for them should you desire to sell. And if they ever expand, how it's got to work to appease the level one investors, you know, your franchise holders, and this is exactly what Activision Blizzard have done, you pay 25 mil, but don't worry, we're going to charge the next set of people who come in 60 mil. So now you're slots... they literally now, run it yeah, like now a your slots scheme. tripled in value. Don't you yeah. love the way they literally run it like a pyramid scheme? Uh, no, it literally is run like a pyramid don't, scheme. Don't worry that you're, you're losing your money because the guy below you, it's when he loses his money, we get his. And also, wasn't it something along the lines as well? Like some of the money that paid to like buy the spots gets like split among the teams or something. So, wasn't it something bizarre like that? Sure, but but like what, what you have to oh, what you way, have to remember the, the the distinction to make here, by the way, is if you have a Counter Strike team, just look at what literally happened to NRG's squad. So they had mm. this brilliant squad for years and years and years, like let's say like I don't know, let's say like a year and a half or something. Mm. Probably I'm assuming if they run the contracts out, maybe it would run two years or something. And mm. now that they've sold the squad, that's it. They sold the squad. Mm -hmm. If they'd wait till the contracts ran out, they'd had nothing. They'd have literally invested all those years and the team would just walk and they'd have nothing to keep. Whereas if this was LCS, even if the players leave, even if someone buys the players, you still have the slot. The slot always yeah. has the value as long as the league doesn't tank, obviously. But I get them in CS. Like there's a lot of people in CS have put in a couple of years worth, not got much, and then being like, wait a minute, if, they, if the player leaves, I've got nothing. Like if, if my star player yeah. leaves, even I've got nothing. I get it. That is kind of whack. And then if you hear the angle no, that they claim it was $3 million to buy the team, I can tell you right now, I don't care what fan on Reddit, because they're all going to do the same thing, Richard, with business. Like, well, you can actually monetize it quite well using this. Like, nobody in the world can monetize a $3 million Counter-Strike team and make anything close to their money back. It's impossible. Like, mm. they get the amounts of money, even just in terms of revenue you'd need to get that profit, would probably be the kinds of revenue like ESL has to get that level. Like, that's the kind of revenue you'd have to kick it up to. There's no way that EG's getting their money back for the squad. They've basically just bought the prestige of having a top squad. That's what they're buying. Yeah, and 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 look, I, I I think when I talk about monetizing the CS team, right? There's definitely ways you can do it. If the if everybody was losing money on CS, you just there just wouldn't oh, be a scene. So you have you have you know you know that. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't give you any value because in in uh, on a spreadsheet that you can show investors. And when you're one of these orgs that take VC money. The franchise model is way more fucking desirable because you get to go to the investors. This is what a valuation looks like. This is what you're investing into. This is where your money's going. This is where, you know, in, it, it, we've, we've tripled in value. But you haven't because you've got nothing. If, for example, if the Overwatch League collapses tomorrow, if like they come out and say, listen, we're not even making it to season three. It's been a disaster. 
Um, you know, viewer numbers aren't there. We haven't monetized it in the same way we thought we would. Sorry, we're just going to pull the plug on the league. Which, by the way, if you don't think Activision Blizzard would do it that quick, go talk to some motherfuckers from Heroes of the Storm, right? They'll they'll tell you all about how quick Activision Blizzard will pull a plug without telling anyone it's coming down the pipe. Your $25 million investment isn't just now you don't even get anything back. You, you, you know, you don't even make, a, you don't even get the payments. You know what I mean? It, 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 you have literally dropped $25 million into a black hole, plus all of the running costs and everything else. So so it's a much higher risk, in my opinion, than running a Counter-Strike team at a loss. And I don't think it's a rule you have to run a Counter-Strike team at a loss. So for me, when I heard the number that was getting kicked around was $3 million uh, for the EG purchase, I think that's probably high. And the one thing I'll definitely say about the CS scene is sal salaries are, are through the roof for a scene that doesn't have inherent monetization mechanics on the business side. It's so when sad got... that players themselves don't get it either. Players really yeah. think that they're generating the money. And this is how dumb pro players are. They think they their play in the server is generating the money from which their salary is just a part. They don't understand that their player generates far less than the salary they are paid to play. It's actually yeah. it's the reason why you can't look at it like a normal job. Nobody in the world is getting paid more by McDonald's than they can possibly make for McDonald's. That will never happen. Yeah. So, so you know, when you when you hear it, like for example, love Jason Lake gave him a lot of props on the uh, on the podcast. I'm going to definitely say he contributes to the problem when the rumor going around is that uh, Blame F or Blam for Blammer for whatever the fuck you want to say his name. You know, the rumor is he's now a $20,000, $25,000 a month. I heard it was player. a massive signing, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, listen, I think the kid's got a lot of fucking potential. You know, he can in-game lead, he can frag, he's young, he's, he's, he's you know, very personable. But, um, you know, any th that level of money for a, for a Counter-Strike player, given the, the economic lay of the land, is, it's, it's overvalued. He's not worth that. No, you know, a star player, probably you can, you can argue it. Yeah, I think you a star need to player at a big functional team. In each type level mm. before it's worth that money. Yeah. By the way, just as an aside, like, this is the best way I would describe it to people. Unless I had a near unlimited supply of money, I personally, if I was in the Counter-Strike space, wouldn't go for a top squad. What I would yeah. try to do is min-max 24-7. I'd try and be like, I'd try and be like Mouse Sports. I don't know what their deals are, but I'm just going to say that type of a team. I'd take mm. a chance on a player from a region where I can get him for less. I'd take a chance on an FPL star. I'd get an old guy that still wants to play, but he, you know, maybe he's not going to be the absolute peak anymore. I'd make a team like that, and I'd constantly do that. Every time I lose a player, let's say my example is Mouse Sports and Boxic leaves and goes to a better squad. Maybe he comes so good he's the next phase player. Then I yeah. go get the next player. I get the next. I get the Brocky guy. I get whoever they are out there. I'd be, I'd do that because if you want to just survive but be vaguely relevant, that's a way better strategy. Because if you want to win in Counter Strike, it's like winning in the Premier League. You're just going to spend money. The question is, is like just as with the Premier League, you look like a dickhead when you spend the hundred million and don't win the Premier League. That's yeah. the problem, isn't it? You can only win in that scenario. And it creates it creates its own type of pressure as well. Because remember, the, gone, long gone are the days where top organizations are pretty much run from the top by one guy. That that doesn't happen anymore. It's not like the days of Fnatic where it was all Sam and, you know, it's not like that. It, 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 now you've got a board. You have a fiduciary responsibility. 
you've got investors, you've got sponsors that actually want more than a logo on a website no one visits. They want reports, they want metrics. You know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of moving parts. So listen, just to put, put a pin in this talk, because this is a fucking rabbit hole we could go down. Um, I think the $3 million buyout, I think long-term for EG, I think it's a great move, but only for EG. I, I think any other brand takes that risk, maybe with the exception of 100 Thieves. I think if 100 Thieves had got them or EG had got them, they have the infrastructure, the pedigree, the history, the branding, you, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, different for each brand but they they can actually turn a three million dollar investment on a very good counter-strike team into a huge win i don't think anyone else besides those two could have done it um and you know very reminiscent of when optic picked up you know the team that sure. went on to win the championship with them and you know they went from having a not so great team. yeah exactly yeah in incredibly um so i i think i think it's a very good move for eg but only for eg uh, or 100, 100, thieves, 100 thieves yeah and 100 thieves and 100 thieves are going to kick themselves um again remember guys morons in the chat i said it's different for each brand so i'm not saying 100 thieves have history that's that's uh, you know i use oh, a bunch of words way, you can apply to i'll even brand, throw so. in here just as a quick because normally i'm on the side of a lot of the owners just in as much as like i get sick of them getting wrecked one area i will absolutely make fun of all the owners in counter-strike is this so what you guys have done is the classic move where what you're going to do is you're saying Counter-Strike's too expensive. All the salaries inflated. Of course, if we had a franchise league, it'd make sense if we had these inflated salaries. Yeah, and that's, that's what... Yeah, right, well, before we even get the franchise league, let's all just bring in even more money and blow the salaries up even more because then what will be the only option left? We'll all have to agree to a franchise league. It's like mm. you can't create the problem and then give us the fucking solution. Like you can't be a guy who one day comes along and fucking like throws a load of trash in my yard, then goes around the corner, puts a hat on. Excuse me, sir, do you want to do this old garbage cleaning up? It's like, you created the problem. You made it worse. Now we're pretty much have yeah. to have a little LCS. Otherwise, everyone's going to lose all their fucking money over the next three years. No, and and, and, and look, the, the reality is, I still think that when it comes to monetizing Counter-Strike, there are some unique problems to the game. I'm not going to get into the tired debate about if we, like, you know, if they weren't called terrorists, would that change the problem? They're still shooting motherfuckers in the head and planting bombs, right? Like, so how the fuck do we get around that, right? And by the way, why do you think Call of Duty is desirable, but Counter-Strike isn't? And you, you think it's on the basis of one word? People really overhype uh, how squeamish sponsors are to get involved. Um, you What's know. so dumb about that topic, without going down a digression, is just this. Yeah. If what they're saying was true, then Overwatch League would be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm. It would have all those magical sponsors. Where are they all? Yeah, exactly. They're still having to fucking pretend Coca-Cola are a legitimate sponsor and not a favourite of Bobby Kotick, who just so happens to sit on the board. You know, it, it, it's... It, it's it's such a fucking it's it's like again it's like th that opinion is so surface level it's just the most ignorant topic ever in each yeah it, it, it's like hey should 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 esports be called esports and it's a, it's uh, is, ones, is yeah. esports a real sport like right guys like 
I've been in this industry 15 fucking years and I am bored to fucking tears. That was boring 10 years ago as a topic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and listen, it, there's an element of truth in it. There's definitely some course, brands that we had interactions no with in the E-League. Yeah, but, it, but it's like, listen, if you think changing it, and like, I'll be honest with you, Duncan, I think the change is coming. I think they will rebrand. I think the word terrorist... I don't even think it's that big a deal. It's just that, that people yeah. are presenting it like it's the fucking, like, make or break, right? Yeah. that's going to change yeah. the whole world, isn't it? Like, yeah, and it's, it's not... not it's not because it'll mildly help someone who already wanted to do it anyway yeah and given that valve have come out and said we don't want to do franchise leagues and we're never going to do that and we're not even going to allow exclusivity leagues which hopefully we've got some time to talk about um you know this is this is nonsense um but anyway so the eg move for me was a good one but but uh only for EG or 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves are going to kick themselves for missing out. I think they're still going to get a good team, but they're now having to basically cycle through free agency, build around the players like CB and MBK, because I think that's inevitably where those guys end up. Um, and, and that could be a good team, but equally as well, you know, <laughs> there's some garbage in free agency that could find... Depends them. who they get as the stars, yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly, and they could find themselves playing for 100 Thieves for three by months the way, while they wait for someone's contract to expire. Speaking of which, if you know how much they're having to pay, mm. we did we bigged up Jason Lake on that last episode as much yeah, as Yeah, yeah, of course. Listen, yeah. from the things I've heard behind the scenes, I feel bad for him, because he's made some offers to motherfuckers that were, like, beyond life-changing shit. So oh, yeah. Like, Snap the guy's hand off if you ever get that deal. But with all that said, holy shit, if these are the first two signings. Like, like it's mm. already one thing, blame F, right? When I saw that, I was like, hey, you know, there's some upside to that. could be good. When Rush is your second signing, I'm out. I'm out. That's it. I'm, I'm ambivalent on that one, don't you know? I'm, I'm, I, might, um, I might disagree with you. Um, and I'm going to say why. Because I think, I think Rush has been locked into that post-major hell um it's it's like he is a better player than what he has been showing but i again i see him as a player yeah, but it's that has been like two years now he's been bad yeah i know i know right listen i get that but equally he's a player that i think at his level he was as good as you know when we talk about all the elite level players on liquid and the elite level players on eg rush was as good as them at that time Sure. And he was one of the he, better players, yeah. Yeah, and he, he's had a he's had a massive drop off. He's played in a team that has no identity, revolving door policy. I I, I think uh, I think it's a very good move for Rush, and I think immediately like it's just the relief, like because clearly Jason's going to build a team, and he has to stick with him. Once he's built it, he's got to stick with him for six months, and it's Jason's mo to do that, and he will, right? So Rush has, has that security. I think Rush will get back to to being a player that people talk about. I think um, I, I think it's actually a good signing for both parties. That's my take on it. Now, listen, I know it's not. Let's build a juggernaut. You know, yeah. Where's Where's Cold Zero? Where's yeah. fucking? Where the no, but look how Cold Zero played. I wouldn't even fucking. I wouldn't want it. Cold no, Zero. The problem is, first of all, when you do make that statement, you better back it up. And then second, yeah, when, you do need a big name. You need me, a marquee signing. Sure. When you're trying to be the Cowboys of CS, the Cowboys aren't signing players like that, mate. They sign fucking bangers. If anything, the Cowboys' famous problem is, yeah, they overpay for really good talent, for like for like big names, you yeah. know, to try and get yeah. the marquee matches. So I'm just saying, like, that whole angle, first of all, it's indicative of where the scene is with how inflated these offers are, and especially from the new orgs coming in. Like, let's be real, just 100 Thieves, they're like the fucking Phantom Menace, just their presence and has ruined off these deals. Oh, yeah, and look, again, just ignorance in the chat. Troll them up, mate. 
It's like you're not listening. Don't come to a podcast and then don't listen to what we're saying. You've literally just typed out, let's build a juggernaut at a budget. You're not listening to what we're saying. There's no budget involved here. Jason Lick has tried to break the bank. Yeah, Jason the Lick, is, budget, Jason Lick has just overpaid. <laughs> yes. But b- b- Bamf, that's what we're talking about. It's like, it's like, does anything we say go in, does it reach you? It doesn't, does it? But you're going to sit there and type nonsense like that. It's just like, come on, mate. Listen to what we're telling you. He's overpaying. It's not about the budget. It's not about the money. It's that people don't want to play for complexity yes. or uproot them because it's not a brand that has the same level of pedigree it did once upon a time. Not when they know there's 100 thieves out there. Not when they know they can maybe squeeze their way into another top team like a fucking phase or something. And on top of that, right, you have to uproot. If you're a European player, you have to uproot yourself and go to America. And they want you on site in Texas so you can go to this fucking yeah. facility. And that is why the deal is so big trust me i've heard the numbers that are getting bandied around these would be these would be the biggest deals in counter-strike history so it's not on a fucking budget you stupid cunt is it Put it's it the opposite way, like even though i'm not actually interested in doing it because i'm lucky enough that i can actually say that i make good money but also do the things i want to do in life right when everyone used to ask me in the past even sometimes team owners would you ever consider being a general manager of my team like you know i'd love to have you work my counter-strike division one of the reasons i also used to say no back in the day not to be an arsehole is i used to say to them sorry but you also can't afford me like i can actually make more tell you what mate from some of the deals i've heard that they're offering the players fuck it they could they could buy anyone in theory if you wanted to do it there's big money on offer big money i know yeah it's massive it's massive um anyway uh so let's talk about eg uh what a fucking final what a what a performance throughout the tournament and again doing things that very reminiscent of why i like watching team liquid absolutely so, so many know, good parallels between the teams isn't there yeah this is why that rivalry at the top is gonna be fucking um so good to watch and uh and and, and ha- have it unfold because like you say the parallels between these two teams i mean listen obviously there's like so much good you can talk about. Let's just focus on two things. First of all, right, I'm going to say this. Cirque uh, was hit and miss this tournament, right? But when he was on, he was fucking on. No doubt. Included in that final. Yes. And crucially, when it mattered, he stepped up. And and how many AWPers get neutralized by Astralis? All, all of them, pretty much. All of them. And, and it didn't happen to Cirque. So he had a hit and miss tournament right up until when it fucking mattered the most. And Cirque was fucking banging. He was so good in that final. But then again, Breezy. What a fucking... Mate, I remember probably about like six months ago where we were saying like Breezy's on course to be like up there with Twister Leeds, like the very best that NA has to offer. Uh, and he he's realized that potential and then some. And undoubtedly just like god tier all the fellow pros now have got that respect for him in the sense that there's a little bit of a fear factor now when you're going up against breezy and when you consider where he started from way back when uh it just goes to show i'm, I'm always gonna tell i'm always gonna say this the gauntlet that young talent has to run in this scene is like no other and if you ever wonder why some talent never realizes its fucking potential right it's full potential or never gets on a good team or never gets to a good place it's because of you and it's because of other pros 
And I, remember, we had it with Rops. Rops is a cheater. Rops is a cheater. Can we just ban him? Can we not allow him to play an FPL? Because he just wins all the time. And then it's like, bang, he's got to fucking go and actually... And these Man, people are going to go, oh, but you banged on Doc. Yeah, because these guys don't have fucking cheat coders on their Steam friends. So it's totally fucking different. The, there's no reason to be accusing these people of cheating, except... That they're good. They're just right? good, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That that is the only evidence that you have that doesn't apply to docs. All you doc heads can shut the fuck up. And by the way, where the fuck's he at now? Mm, what a surprise. Not playing for a pro team. Wonder why that is. Anyway, so fucking you you have players like Rops come through the gauntlet. Breezy was one of the most high profile, by the way, cheat accusations because it, very often it's intimated, it's implied, but no one actually comes out and says it. I mean, shit, we live in a world where, again, like those flusher clips, pros were going, I don't really know. Exactly. Yeah. Does happen. Like, every, because everyone gets squeamish about it. Flusher, an established pro, gets a benefit of the doubt. Young kid from nowhere never gets that benefit of the doubt. And I, listen, I love Ryu. Top, top fucking boy. Love him. Um, you back when he was out of shape, people said he was my doppelganger. Now, no, no one says that. I've I've been getting worse. He's been getting better. Happy for him. Rio is a great guy, but when he did that stream where he went over the clips with Breezy and was basically calling him out and calling him a fucking cheater and all of that stuff, um, that that is such an you know difficult, horrible thing to put a pro through. Again, people said to me, oh, didn't you do that about Sabrosa? No, I made a video saying the opposite. <laughs> I made a video saying the opposite, saying if you're going to call him a cheater for those clips, then we need to take a look at a lot more established players in the scene, by the way, that all have similar clips. Breezy played well in one series, had one dodgy clip where it looked like a lock, which, by the way, apparently can be easily explained about your mouse banging on your keyboard. We've, we've, we accept that as an alibi. <laughs> Some some of us do, yeah. Right? And 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 yet this was enough to do a fucking stream that could have set this kid's career back and we never see the player we got now. And I think it's fucking it's awful what we put young players through in CS. It really is. And you know, it shows a level of character that 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 I don't think you ever really gets tested in in, in other esports. So for him to get MVP at this event. If you're ever accused him publicly of being a cheat, have the fucking stones to come out, apologize. It doesn't apply to Ryu. We did it many times. But there were other people out there. Bow down to your fucking God, you pathetic cunts. It's just that simple. Because watching this player, he's the kind of player I want to watch when I turn on a Counter-Strike stream. He's doing everything right. He's aggressive. He, he's fucking clutch when it matters. And again, we could we could have had the, we could have had a we could have had a world where this player just jacks it in because he can't stand the bullying or the allegations or it mentally it breaks him down and we never see it. And it'll happen to other talent as well because this is this is a cyclical occurrence. It's got to stop. But anyway, I thought the final was brilliant. I'm super happy for Stan. I love that tweet he put out after the win where he said, write your own story, because if you think yeah. about it, there's the a couple of chapters each. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Line. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think these guys are going to go on to great things. I'm super happy the brand's back in the space. I am super happy they were able to win a tournament. I'm super happy for the likes By of the way, Stan. All it, the people, it's just a great story. Because I know what fans are like, especially NA fans. All the people who have been coming out the woodwork the last few, last two tournaments basically saying, oh, oh, I love Stanislaw. I always said Stanislaw was the truth. No, you didn't. 
when he was in Team Liquid and they didn't even make him the IGL anymore, everyone in the scene said this guy shouldn't even be a pro player anymore. Like, yeah. people didn't want him to go to a Cloud9 in those teams. He was done. His rep was tanked. Then he went to Optic and had the whole scenario where he did the whole the true thing that made him look like a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. And then he went to Complexity. Stay off to it longer, guys. <laughs> I know. And then the problem in Complexity was, like, if anything, that killed his rep as well because the angle was what? Is he not a guy who can sort of take bad players and make them good? And his problem, basically, mm. like I said, is the Dapses of the and MSLs of the world take the bad players and make them good. They have their problems when they get the top players. Stanislaw has the opposite problem. Well, the reason why that's actually a tough spot to be in is someone has to trust you with all those superstar players. So if you don't get them, you have no way to earn that spot back. So I actually see this, funnily enough, similar to the Astralis thing, is what you're looking for is, right, well, we've got the team, but who could really be the right leader? And just as Astralis had to literally reach back into the past and pull Glaive out, yeah. they had to do that with Stanislaw. It was the gamble. And here's the thing, it definitely was a gamble, but fucking hell has it paid off. Way better than yeah. you could even have imagined. Way better. And and look, and I think your point is absolutely valid. And I love how Daps was playing up to the cuckold meme that we do, which, by the way, is done in love because Daps is great. Yeah, it's a sick. Uh, it's it's just a bit of fun. Um, but he even tweeted out like saying he was sad that he couldn't, um, he, he, that he didn't get to do it with them. But he's super happy they've achieved their potential and gone on and won tournament. I don't know if you saw, but what I did was I even did a tweet because it was similar to the video I made about Zeus, where I said in mm. Team Liquid you can't just give all the credit for this year to Adren because Zeus mm. is the one who got them to, to the point that Adren exactly. spoke yeah. So I think it's the same with Daps. Like if you think this EG is brilliant, well then give like. I won't, I won't say how what percentage, but give some of the percent to Daps because he brought them to the point where Stanislaw could just come in, basically be throwing the keys to a Porsche and just drive it off and win the race. He he basically put up with all the fucking the, the difficult, you know, the difficult foundations of bringing I saw, in for example, a like, young team. You know, like I saw people. I saw a guy ask me on Twitter. He didn't do it disrespectfully, but he was saying, "Oh well, I yeah." Do you think it's that you know when Daps had Cirque, he was kind of like making him play too rigidly mm. in a system, whereas you know Stan's turned him loose. And I was like, "But it's both, though, isn't it, mate? Like when you mm. bring a little kid in, you don't just give him a calculator and a compass in fucking nursery school. They start with crayons." Then later on, they get the calculator. You don't then when they get the calculator go, oh, you were fucking tying this guy down if you'd unleashed him with the calculator at age three. No, <laughs> yeah. you have to like level up to get to that point, don't you? Yeah. And, and, and they were all said, super young as well. Like they, these guys are just getting to the point now where they should be top players. Yeah. And then this, this is what I mean, though. But, but he, you know, Daps was the guy that kind of shouldered all the, you know, the difficult stages, you know, Breezy evolving. You know, same for Ethan, right? Same for Cirque. You know, Daps was the guy who fucking basically was like, listen, um, I'm, we're, we're gonna we're gonna make this work. We're gonna evolve. We're gonna stay together. You know, and and, and they were a very good team in their own right. By the way, back in the pre Tarek Daps yes. lineup, they were they were a good team. They were a very solid team. We're, we're always like having great series, great moments. You know, won at won some tournaments. Like, yeah, you can't erase Daps from from history. But I think finally, you know, third time is the charm. Stan's been looking for this. Yes, Th this exact type of roster this exact set of circumstances and um you know it, it fucked up the first two times he tried it but he's finally got it so i love that tweet by him saying write your own story because uh you know it, it's definitely been some dark days for him and, and the reputation he's acquired for himself in the scene it's probably a little bit unfair 
because you know where 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 people especially that whole snake thing from the optic yeah here's the thing i even get it he sort of did snake you but you took it too far you can't be doing that a year later (laughs) i know and and, no but it's like again it's like how everyone's like no stewie 2k leaving uh, a major winning team that shows ambition uh stan shows ambition he's just a snake he cunt you know it's like I, i don't really understand how you can hold those two thoughts in your head but a lot of fans do so um but anyway just super happy with eg great final great tournament overall uh actually felt like whew, the, the player breaks over now yes uh, because the major was still a, a bit of a disappointing um affair um and this format worked i thought the broadcast was was really good uh lots to enjoy um about it all and um happy that we can get some counter strike now as we cruise towards the end of the year right let's do some roster moves uh that we've missed that have sort of slipped through the cracks um i'm trying to think roughly where we got up to just tell uh, everyone let's... i'll tell if we did it or not yeah well i know we okay so we haven't done we we haven't done get right stepping down so let's let's no, start with that sure. uh we didn't talk about that that happened um i think we made it about as far as um henny joining <laughs> do you want to know what tilts me by the way what's up is when get right it was announced that he was stepping down everyone still reacted as if he retired <laughs> yeah, I know. I know how many times you know, even get right himself in a follow-up tweet to the tweet said like. And now I will know, justify. I can finally, point out that I, I will justify you know, what I said. I will justify what I said about how there should have been some tribute from a major because I don't think we see get right in another major. Sorry, Chris. I, I don't. If you just look how hard it is to get a major, it's probably yeah, not. yeah. That, that's just you know. I think he's going to play on a team probably with some. Um, you know, it could be one of those like weird international lineups um he's obviously never gonna down tools and go and play the complexity oh, no. although i'm sure jason late would fucking again break the bank to do it but it's just not gonna happen because how chris is living his life right now but um the, the reality is that i could see get right going and playing in a team with some younger players or some unestablished players and just what a fucking great opportunity that's going to be for those guys and and towards the end of his career that's going to be his legacy like what you give to those other players in terms of them being able to learn from one of the greatest players in counter-strike history but i don't think we see him again in a major and i think a tribute to the major would have been appropriate on that basis alone anyway you are right he's not retiring he is stepping down he's explicitly said he's not retiring um so people so, have so, been primed unfortunately to think it was the retire so it doesn't matter how yeah. many times you say it now does it yeah you're right um anyway uh get right officially out and then they have uh brought in the move that was t- probably would have made sense again like three years ago or whatever the fuck it was uh it was when twist was actually good twist has come into nip and right, uh, wait a second before we get into this i have to just say one thing yeah am on. i the one taking crazy pills as they'd say on some <laughs> shit not the crazy pills exactly. yeah not the crazy pills oh, that don't i always thought one of the shittest like phrases ever since obviously there's no such thing as crazy pills like that didn't make any sense whatsoever did it like well if I, you talk to alex jones that's not true actually. the real fr- the real he calls them murder pills but, you would yeah. just say am i crazy that would be the obvious thing to say. <laughs> but anyway putting our american friends to one side the same yeah. people who could care less by the way richard but whatever I, I'm don't, don't trigger me don't, don't don't go down the rabbit hole right but all i'm gonna say is this <laughs> so twist wouldn't join nip all those years when they were really know, good they were major finals he wouldn't join later he even himself intimated when the recent uh org problems came out yeah. like well, that's one of the reasons i didn't want to join as well not only did they cut you but you know the org problems but now yeah. he's willing to join when now it's the equivalent of like 
Now it's the equivalent of like Marion Demi Moore now, not when she was a banner in the nineties. Like when she's like fifty and she looks like like Still. she's opened the fucking temple. She looks like she's opened the Ark of the Covenant and fucking Indiana Jones. <laughs> not that, I thought I thought that would be. I'd say pick the right reference on that one. You know. Oh man, I think she's still fine. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, you're right. I, I don't understand it. Why now? And again, it just reeks of desperation, not having a plan, uh, which has been unfortunately Nip's kind of. You know, this is the the modus operandi. You know, you're reeling from this re report that got put out and all these internal issues and, you know, ex-players coming back to basically just shit on you and say what a bad org you were objectively. And all the positive PR in the world, by the way, and all the spin isn't going to alter the fact that the way you, you have been running what should be a prestigious org, like a bedroom org, that's, you know, because that is the facts. That is what NIP have been doing. Uh, this entire time and you have been propped up by legendary players like get right and forest and friend and, and you know before him you know freiburg and and you know exist as a legendary player there's no getting away from that even though we do bang on him on the show you know what you what you have done is you've created this like frankenstein's monster swedish team where you know we're bringing in Plopsky. Plopsky's going to be the solution. Can't play with you at uh, the tournaments. That probably are the most important. So does beg the question, if Twist was available, couldn't you have done this move a little bit sooner and pushed for it? So you, you could have maybe worked that, worked that out because you wouldn't have been similarly impeded. Who fucking knows? I don't even know what the fucking rules are half the fucking time anymore going into majors and neither do the fucking TOs. So whatever. But then you bring Plopsky in, he's like going to be some young fucking talent. You know, Lecro, is he an IGL? Is he not? Everyone has a go in Nip. Everyone gets to have a go at being an IGL. Everyone's just going to lead the team for a little bit and see what works. You, you, you're getting mileage out of Forest, by the way, that a 30-year-old veteran shouldn't be giving you in Counter-Strike in the sense that, with the exception of the last major where he was absolutely atrocious, had his worst major performance uh, ever, um, and probably just his worst level of performance ever, you know, you're still getting mileage out of this guy because going into the major, he was still one of your standout players. It's like, how long is that a realistic thing? Basically, the only thing you got going for you on this team is Rez. When you when you discovered him, you did find a fucking diamond in the rough. That is the Swedish scene, which has so many names that are all touted like they're going to be the next big thing and then just turn out to be fucking mediocre at best. Um, and now you're going to add Twist, who is actually one of those guys. <laughs> Twist had a three-month period where you were looking at him thinking, fucking hell, this player's insane. And then through his own personal attitude, terrible roster choices, uh, and, and just general level of drop-off and ability, you're getting you're getting a washed up twist for fuck's sake. How how does that help? Team, eh? No, I know this is what I mean. It's like guys, like what you have to do here if you nip, if you're serious about being involved in Counter Strike, you you gotta break apart this team. You have to start assessing whether you want to stay Swedish or not. Given given what fucking probably no point in this point in time. I don't think so. I think it made you know. I I don't know your metrics. I don't know how much money comes from your sponsors and your fans on the basis that it's all Swedish. So I don't know if it's a big deal, but I think you need, you, do you know what to be a good fucking shout? You get this MSL team. I know I say it about every org, but you know, that that MSL team, if you cut Nico, cause he's shit from that team, 
and you, 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 I know it's Swedish to Danes and you might not like it, but if it's viable on a financial level and there's no sponsor dependent about staying <coughs> Swedish, do that tomorrow when you've oh, got the, massive mate, There are so many orgs I have and would tell to get the optic lineup. Yeah. Not least because here's the thing with the optic lineup. First of all, you already know what the pieces they've got MSL is going to do a decent job. But then that's the sort of team where because Denmark does still have a pipeline of constant talent coming through, if he just locks into one of those talent and adds it to that team, boom, top 10 at least. Yeah. If not higher. Yeah. Yeah. You've still got, you've got players who can improve in form still. Opens, opens up, as I keep saying, you get this team not to get this team. You get this team to get some very good players on this team, and then you open up the fucking door, doorway to Danish talent, exactly. which, by the way, is just a conveyor belt of untapped potential. That's why I think Heroic Because Astralis, yeah, right, exactly. And, and it's just so insane to me that Nip are going to keep trying to just take washed up, mediocre Swedish players and try and slot them in. It ain't even fair on Rez. I mean, fuck it, man. Danes and Swedes can talk to, it, talk to each other. It's not like fucking, you know, me trying to speak Russian or whatever. It's not that far apart. They can they can find a common ground, a common parlance. Why not drop that fucking Nico, that turtle-looking motherfucker I'm talking about, not the not the egotist over on phase, and drop him because I think he's terrible. I don't know what MSL sees in that player, by the way. Uh, he does have some weird picks sometimes. Maybe it's because he reminds him of old pimp. He always needs a big guy with glasses in the team just to feel it all. Move fucking nose. But he should drop that Nico guy and then keep Rez, who's already contracted. Swedes and Danes, it all works out. You can do it. Freiburg proved it over at Heroic. It works. So... I, I, I don't know, mate. I, I, I don't know what Nip are doing with this move. It, it's just so underwhelming. If I was a Nip fan now, this is like where you get into the darkest timeline because there's only Forest left, you know, out, out of the fucking... Oh, uh, the second he steps away, forget this team. Like, it'll be... Here's the thing. I'm looking yeah. forward to the day he retires because the day he retires... Nip's team in CS will have no redeeming qualities left, as in in terms of the context of ever being a challenger for the world scene again. And more importantly, as an org, they're such a shit show. This is literally comeuppance. Like this is deserved. Oh, yeah, exactly. Listen, I, I'm I'm talking about it from the perspective of Nip fans who were basically insufferable uh, for large parts of Counter Strike history, but. It, it, it is it, when when you're invested in a team and yeah you were glory supporting cunts right but like you know it, it, it's like watching a you know let's say you were like a fucking leeds fan and you watch them they win the last division one they go into the prem they're good and then they drop off but then they get all them fucking youngsters and they're getting to the semi-finals of the champions league where the fuck are they at now it's it, it's horrendous and any football fan any fucking sports fan that has to watch a franchise get serially mismanaged and one by one all your legendary players go on to fucking win trophies and other teams it's fucking awful it's awful because you think like we we, we had it like Am I, you know, as a Newcastle fan, am I ever going to see Newcastle win the Premier League while I'm alive? No, I'm not. Am I? I'm not. I had and my the chance. chances to have that have gone exactly yeah, the way I had my chance and, and they're gone forever. So I can totally empathize, like 100%. Yeah. I can totally empathize. But in terms of from a, what it does to the management and what it does to the fucking brand, listen. It is completely deserved. They've mismanaged this team. They didn't capitalize on, you know, trading out players for big name long-term solutions. There's another when one, they could like, have done it. I don't always want to crawl, but in this particular one, I have to in the context of this. 
Was I not the person from not literally day one, but about the time Nips started to make their drop, they went from number one to number three, number three, number five. When they started that drop down, I said, even then, we're talking like five years ago now, I said, if you if you do this like drip feed approach to removing players, all you do is it's like a reverse parlay. You just make the team go from fifth to seventh. Mm. And then by then, the only person who's joined could make your max score to six, but you don't, you go to eight. And then because you, you're eight, you now can't get the next best Swedish player. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. So what you do basically is you had like all these windows and your window wasn't even a fast one that was going to close. It was like it was slowly closing and you just yeah. didn't bother even going towards it. And by the end, by the time you're oh, it's closed now. And so as a result, you took a team which a number of times you could have made the ruthless cut and gotten right back to the top. But instead of doing that, you literally pissed away the last three or four years. And what for what? Just so that you could kick Freiburg a year later than he should. Like, did it somehow help your friendship that you kicked him a year later? No, you just had a year of shit results. It's like we always say, and the best example ever was the, the Smiths and Shocks one. It's like you can still be mates with them outside the game, but it doesn't yeah. make sense to, to offer your career up as some demented fucking sacrifice to the god of friendship. That's <laughs> some, some bullshit. But the best thing about Counter-Strike, one of my favorite things about it is, you don't ever have to like your teammates. If in the game you fucking work together, that's all the game cares about. It doesn't give a fuck about brotherhood. That's just some shit you like to tell people when you're already a championship team. It, but it's the anime. It's the anime thinking, and it's it it, 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 it's so cancerous because you you do not understand the fundamentals of, of building. No, but listen, I understand why it's rammed into every fucking kid's head these days because every games developer tells you, well, you mustn't have a bad. You must get on with your teammates. What even if he's just fucking up my exactly. game my spare time no you must be nice to these people no actually i don't think i need to he's playing like a cunt and i'm gonna call him a cunt or i'm the one who gets banned not the guy who plays like a cunt hey man everyone can have a bad game now unfortunately they take this fucking mindset from solo queue and they start applying it to fucking professional sports teams which let me tell you the amount of successful sports teams that have had fucking personalities that don't just dislike each other actively fucking loathe each other act actively hate each other but you know what they just fucking put it to one side because hey we're winning we're good enough to win and like there's something in him the that's definition in of being me. a pro yeah exactly you know i'm always getting told yeah i'm not very professional for fucking none of you know what professional means you don't know what it means right but me calling you a cunt on twitter has got nothing to do with anything professional is what it does to how i relate in my behavior it's to like my fucking profession the clue is in the word nice don't they it's yeah like exactly you said you're not very nice i'd got you back on you got me yeah, you got me the yeah. across but yeah. professional absolutely am yeah, exactly. Professional is fucking putting stuff aside to get the fucking job done. And there have been so many teams that do it, right? So the idea that it's the power of friendship. And, you know, I remember when I first started doing roster transfers. If you remember, I hit the ground running with that huge fucking roster transfer with that old, I think it was the, the old Froggen lineup. I think it was back in league. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I announced that they were like breaking apart all the bros and literally morons in League of Legends were going, they never do that. They're friends. Let me tell you, friendship gets fucking tested when you've got to look over at your mate who's great to have a beer with, great to go to a nightclub with, great for a fucking little sleepover in your gym jams, eating ice cream and watching movies. But when you have to play with someone that's actively holding you back, your limited, finite amount of time to win things. Let me tell you, that friendship gets stretched real quick if you care about winning. Now, not everyone fucking does, right? But if you do it'll get tested real quick playing with your friends sometimes is not the fucking answer so 
Listen, I, I think... Um, By the way, I'll like, even like... say, the reason you know they're not even really friends in the first place is, don't know about how you conduct your friendships, Rich, but if mm. I was in some kind of a scenario where I actually had the self-awareness to realise I'm holding my friend back from accomplishing his dreams, I'd tell him yeah. to go on without me, mate. I'd get the fuck out of his way. It sounds exactly. weird. Like in, that, in those friendships, you have one selfish cunt and one friend. No, but it, yeah, but this is what I've been... You know, fuck, I've had to do it. Do you know how many times... It's happened to me, like, say, for example, you know, people who've been following my content for years will remember this. The amount of people that I brought in to basically do what Sam does now and be like, you know, my foil on all of the content and they get poached. Do you think I hold a grudge? No, I'm fucking landed for them. Go go on, you know, like James Duffield. James Duffield was the first Sam. He got, he got poached by um, Twitch. There you go. You know, it's a fucking dream job, mate. Have it. Be happy. I miss you. I miss working with you. We don't talk anymore. But he was like the first Sam. And what a fucking talent he is just to even have in a Sam role. I was blessed. He can edit videos and do all this. There's not a fucking bad cell of blood in my body about that. And then it happened again. I brought in another dude called Gareth. Some of you might remember. We did trash talk together. He used to give his opinions. Also, he was he used to work with James Duffield because he used to do Streamgasm. Okay. And then he got poached to do ESL production. And it's like, you know, now Sam's... Thankfully, you... Sam's a complete wreckhead, so you've yeah, yeah, no, no, but it's, it's the bad <laughs> Alright, I'll fuck like, off, Rich. I'll turn, no, no, I'll turn these going? job offers down. <laughs> Cheers. Sam's a fucking mess. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's the thing, though. Sam, Sam I get other offers. offers. Right. Good old faithful yeah. Sam, like the Lord of the Rings, will always be by your side, Richard. Yeah, because exactly. Ironically, to fit the story, you'll do your Frodo and you'll go, Sorry, Sam, I'm actually leaving to uh, believe job <laughs> no, in Japan. And he'll have no. to watch you on the course. No, 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 he, he, he is he is a lot like Samwise Gamgee. Every every morning, Mr. Frodo, Mr. Frodo, he runs out with a mirror with just chopped up lines of cork on there. Like, just just to keep me fucking just to keep me upright. No, but like Sam, Sam, you know, I have to obviously I can't He's make some Sam. Gandalf level stash. <laughs> I can't. I can't make any demands on Sam's time. You know, he's he's producing Formula One stuff. He's doing all sorts of stuff, and I'm super happy. I, I hope when I'm dead, like in the next year or two or whatever, <laughs> right? Like it's inevitable, guys. You know, just let's prepare for it, right? The um, you know, I want Sam to go on and have a career. It's like you say. Imagine, imagine being such a weird, twisted cunt that you think that like. It, it's acceptable for the sake of friendship to hold somebody back from achieving more than you. Like, what is that mental nonsense? So, yeah, I don't think people really understand what, like, true friendship is and, and, and how little friendship can matter to, to being a successful team. Um, it's a very small part of the puzzle. But, yeah, it just is what it is. And NIP, unfortunately, have basically dined out on the reputations of their legendary team for way too They've long. They drained every fucking drip. Oh, oh yeah, unbelievable. And never really had a plan. And I feel sorry for guys like Rez. And I, you know, um, I, I really do. It's, um, it, it, it's, it, it's just sad because he's never going to get to realize playing in a great Swedish lineup, which he was a player clearly capable of doing it because, you know, it's not just Nip's fault that the Swedish scene's gone to shit. But the fact that that team is just a directionless mess, and now he's got to play with like another has been perfect. Can't wait. Like, you know what I mean? Like anyone else? Anyone else? Bring it back, Delpan. You know what I mean? Like fucking get me out! Like it's ridiculous. Um. By the way, have you got a hard out? No, no. Okay, we, we can go a little bit more because we'll never talk about these roster moves otherwise. Henny joined Fury. We didn't talk about that. I just quickly checked on my um old uh, 
word doc um so henny henny joined furia um and you know we talked about it that difficult second album um what happens to furia you sign those five-year contracts you have those great runs you're in the top five teams again all the stuff we were talking about super exciting wonderful to watch they have their unique play style then you're on everyone's radar motherfucker so now people are preparing for you by the way i forget which pro it was might even Mm. have been smoothie i can't remember what pro it was but someone had a pure banter line where when they said that they were like you know, they said like Abel J was the player benched so that Henny could come in. Yeah. Someone just said like, "That's harsh." Benched for five years. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, had that line. That was fire. Whichever pro. No, but, but that's fucking not even a yeah, joke. I know, it's real. Hilarious. It's actually real. Yeah. It's like remember how this team it was all about again that togetherness, that unity. We're growing together. We're all part of an organization together. You know, Abel J does all this great work. You know, blah blah blah. And then immediately it's like, fucking hell, we're sliding down them rankings, boys. Fucking hell, we're losing series, boys. Fucking hell, this isn't beating Astralis at ECS, boys. Boom. Let's get another fucking journeyman Brazilian in here who's failed to deliver on the heights of his talent from the moment he burst on the scene. Let's bring him in and see what happens. Well, I don't think anything good is going to come of this either. I think um, bringing in Henny, it feels like, yeah, it should be an upgrade. But honestly... He's been so fucking hit and miss. Yeah. The problem with it, this move is, like, listen, the Abel J side, like, that was a legit re- removal. He wasn't a very good player. He was one of the players that obviously shouldn't be in the team if they're going to be where their rankings were getting them a few months ago, as you alluded to. The problem is, it's not like Henny's the solution. Like, yeah, he's an upgrade, a, a bit of an upgrade. Yeah, even argue, then, arguably, you know, on a reputation. A difficult player to put into yeah. your system. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that Fallen never went back to that well again after playing no. with him, whatever, six years ago or something. Like, does it, like to me... There's a reason why it was his brother they wanted, not him. Like, it's not yeah. like they've never wanted an opera, but they haven't even considered this guy. To them, it's just like, yeah, why bother? Because, yeah, he's just a very, he's a very meh player. Now, what's mm. weird about him is, of all the players that I don't care about, he, it's because he can hit flashy shots. He can be entertaining. So it's not like he's a rubbish player in that sense. Mm. He's just not a good overall pro Counter-Strike player for my money. Like, I wouldn't want to rely on him with the most expensive gun in the game. There was there was a period where Henny was fucking lights out because he falls into that, like, it, it, what is it? The 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 Draken. He's got Draken syndrome. Yes. And it's like, you wrist wrist breaking flick, MLG 420 no scope, weed, 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 weed. He, he lit that all fucking day. Guy stood directly in front of him with a pistol and he whiffs. Yeah. And, and and it's like, fuck, you can't do that. You, you know, that's the cardinal sin is the op. you got to hit the easy ones first. That's what Guardian has done his entire yes. career, by the way. When he's not been on the kind of godlike form where he can hit the flicks and the crazy shots, which we all know he's capable of doing, he will always consistently put up numbers. What does Device do? Device is just a solid, consistent, knows his angles, knows when to hold, knows when to peek. He'll just never and, miss that close-range shot. Yeah, you? and it just never will miss the easy ones. That, for me, is way more important for an opera. It's Absolutely. the fundamentals on which the on which the position Especially is built. Especially because in CSGO, the gun doesn't make you money because you get $100 a kill. So you have to keep the yeah. gun alive. That's the key thing. So mm-hmm. it's not like other games in CS where, you know, you could, be, you could afford to take mad risks with it. Like, actually, man, the whole reason... Well, one of the reasons that's kind of like the underlying factors to why Astralis is the best lineup ever is their Orpa, who was their main best player, also probably lost the least Orps of anyone ever that isn't called yeah. Jim. Like he would also like not, he would just keep your economy mad 
sick while also yeah. killing people. Like that's the dream if you're a coach. Oh, t totally. And and uh, listen, and he's the uh, opposite. He's the guy yeah, who could drop he, the op to think it's going to turn the game. He could just instantly get killed, and you've got nothing. Well, I was literally just going to say that's what happens. That that is that is literally what he does. He'll go for an aggressive peak when it's ill advised, dies immediately. It's like, well, what the fuck did we drop that gun for? You haven't even fired it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. let alone get into, you know, let, like, let's just wait a little bit. Let's see if we can get an early pick, then go for something aggressive when there's some space to push into. No, you're going to, you're going to be bored because in your mind, you, you're going to hit every shot. I admire it. I admire the, 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 the arrogance in a way, but it's not who you are yet. There comes a point, you know, I said this about Ricky. Ricky would try and play and make these audacious flicks. Like, who are you fucking kidding? You got arms like the fucking Mekon. Like, go, you, you, you can't hit those shots. So stop Some players, by the way, are not. ridiculous. I'll tell you another player who, when he's been an AWP, has done that is MSL. Because you know he does it now even. Like, he's mm. an like, mm. MSL, it's weird because for such a smart player, like as an IGL, what I love about MSL is he's one of those realists who knows exactly the strengths and flaws of his team. What's bizarre is anytime as an individual player he tries to take an aim duel, he thinks he's fucking like... Like, he thinks he's simple or something like the way he's yeah, no. people is like why are you doing this your shit mm. uh, so it's 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 sort of a weird one keep in mind as well Henny's another one of those players a little bit like JDM where it's like I think his I think his ability with another gun is really circumspect and unreliable um not to the same degree as JDM fair but but definitely in that mold where it's like if he doesn't have an AWP He's not that effective, and and honestly, that these days I feel that's a liability, um, a, a massive one. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I understand Fury. felt they had to make some changes. Uh, I think Abel J was probably the guy to cut, uh, no doubt about that in my mind. But then again, it's just like, well, guys, this is what happens. You want once you break into that top ten, top five. People don't just let you sit there and do what you do in every game. They watch demos. They figure you the fuck out. You have to have a plan B. I, I, I think Fury honestly thought that momentum that carried them there was just going to continue. They're going to do fuck all this team. No, I, I, th I think I think they've had it. I think I think they've had that window where they're still going to be an exciting team to watch. I'll still tune in to watch a Fury game. I mean, fuck, if I was getting jacked up on the idea of watching Ty Lue at fucking 4 a.m., I'm definitely going to watch a Fury game. No doubt about it. But the reality this is... fucking one-it wonder, mate. This is like the yeah. fucking... platform one. It's one of those shit one-it wonders. Like, no <laughs> yeah. one's going to care about... All I've all remember was... Yeah, it was epic that they beat Astralis. That's about it. Yeah, End exactly. Yeah, I think that's where they're at. Right, uh, the Shocks move has been confirmed to Vitality. We, we didn't talk about that on the stream um obviously we will we'll end the roster talk with the g2 talk and then we'll do questions and we'll peace out but let's just talk about shocks to vitality uh really weird what's been weird about this move for me dude is the fucking all the interview stuff around the move just talking about this one element of it about cutting mbk and I saw an interview with the French journalist uh, Nell that he translated some highlights from on his Twitter and obviously didn't read the full interview uh, or listen to the full interview rather, but did um, did look at the, the highlights. And again, it was X2QZZZ. I believe it's supposed to be Xtaz or something. Like it's Xtaz, thank you. That's, Appreciate what it. That's, what he, that's what he's called now because it's easier to say. And he was basically saying um, that, uh, you know, he made the decision to cut MBK and he had to do it 
because him and Alex weren't getting along, and, and the way he tried, the way it sounded, and maybe this is like a mistranslation, was that MBK wasn't happy with some of the calling and wanted to start reprising a calling role. Which, by the way, as much as I love Nathan as a player, and I'll go to bat for him forever, it ain't gonna happen. You were not gonna be an in-game leader. You've proven like, this now, dude. We need You've to get stop that fucking that scene from Mean Girls and just be like NBK, stop trying to make NBK as an IGL a thing. Like it's yeah. not gonna happen, mate. It's just yeah. how many more chances. Yeah, it's like if, if he was honestly doing that, then I, I'm I'm gonna throw some very rare criticism his it's way. It's justified but, if he like if, put it this way. Yeah, totally. You don't them, undermine your you don't undermine your IGL. If in any end. context he really did make it like an ultimate, like him or me, well then more fool you, mate. You did yourself on that one, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now listen, I'll take that with a fucking massive pinch of salt because of the source it's coming from and, and clearly this ex-Taz guy wants to fucking make himself out to be like the player whisperer and all this and I'm always dubious about coaches when they always say like you know like when I'm a pet did it I control the roster and in my dressing shut the fuck up you Belichick like you fucking you're gangster tripping you stand behind those cunts while they're on the server and you hand them bottles of water and you you do the demo analysis for them and you give them some notes that you know th that that's where you're at don't fucking make out your Alex Ferguson to me because I see through your fucking bullshit um and and I'm worried a little bit that this guy X has his head in down that route because he's, he's not only talking about oh it was my sole decision to could MBK and MBK wasn't being very professional and I'm gonna bring in shocks and I know how to get the best out of it. like anyone can control shocks you do understand shocks doesn't know what shocks is gonna do on a fucking minute to minute basis he lives his life in the fucking chaos engine that is his brain he's which is just gonna the do random Nico. shit he just does yeah. what he wants and, and unfortunately like Nico his prodigious talent means we all just sit back like mad enablers just letting the fucking guy do whatever he wants and then even worse when they succeed we go you were right all along it's like we're just we're actually the worst fucking friends ever to these people yeah and to be fair there's a french guy in the chat saying that those um tweets don't do the interview justice and actually x-taz was pretty humble okay. and did say that alex wasn't a, and to be fair i do remember that x-taz uh, did say Alex was a little bit to blame as well, but who was I going to pick the IGL? Oh, okay, so so fair enough. That is a good point to make, and it's worth committing to the podcast because I don't want any inaccuracies out there. But anyway, regardless, he did say it was his decision. He took it all on the fucking chin. Um, he's also said that um, you know he's going to be able to make shocks in the system. I think this is just such an <coughs> impressive move. Like I don't think Vitality needed to make a move. You come out of a player break. I get there's some friction, right? You know they didn't play great. You, you, they were slipping back into that world where they're over reliant on Zewu. The reality is they still managed to limp through the tournament in that mode, just relying on Zewu because he's that good. And honestly. You should have done a bit more. To, like, I can't believe that a pro like MBK and a pro like uh, uh, Alex would ever have irreconcilable differences that couldn't be worked out in a professional environment. I can't believe that of the guys because Alex seems like such a reasonable, humble dude. I've known Nathan for fucking years. Like, there must have been a way to resolve this. I feel like this was just done super, super quick. And they probably got wind, honestly, that G2 weren't happy and were looking to fucking, you know, make make a move themselves. It was suspicious thought, in at the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all the timing associated with it. It looked like it was just, if we are going to make a move, we got to make it now and we can get shocks. And I think that's good. And probably the players were like, oh, yes, play with shocks again. It is amazing. But it's, it's very rarely amazing. And honestly, playing with shocks these days it just hasn't been like what it's built like every when he was in the super team he was 
he, he would play lights out forward. some series, but then yeah, then he then he then he had that terrible. By the way, where he was really this is bad. how fucking cocked the entire French scene is to Shocks as a player. And the irony mm. of it is, the two greatest players in France are obviously Shocks and Kenny S. And it's always mm. Kenny S getting left. And as far as I can tell, yeah. that is all problems of motivation. But as a teammate, he's never had any of the problems these fuckers have. Whereas mm. what's ridiculous is this is how cocked they all are to Shocks. So RPK was literally cut from his team by Shocks after playing pretty well in 2016. Yeah. Shox cut him to make a super team. Apex was also cut and kicked out of G2 essentially so that Shocks could have his own little vanity project. Then you look yep. elsewhere, Alex was nobody, and then Zewu wasn't even around. And actually, again, supposedly that G2 team didn't want Zewu because they thought he cheated. But you know what? Even though Shocks isn't even the Shocks that would demand these sorts of moves, they're all willing to literally bend over backwards, just get this guy in and run the whole team. Yeah, and 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 again, I, I just don't even think it's that better a roster. Like, you you're bringing in you're bringing in a player that isn't going to do any of the stuff MBK did in this team. So who's going to do that? Who's going to do what MBK would do, where he would be the sight anchor? Shock. I think I think Alex is in a is going to have a fucking tough job, mate. He's he's probably yeah. himself going to have to do these sorts mate, of things. I pity any IGL that is working with Shocks for the first time and trying to make him fit in the system. Good luck with that. No one, no, well, okay. Existence could do it. KRL did it, I think. That's it. And I don't know if you're in the same caliber yet. I think, you, you know, you, you made a good start to your in-game leadership career, no doubt about it. But the idea of that, you, that anybody is going to cage the butterfly, it, it just doesn't happen. And trust me, he's the guy who, when the chips are down... He's going to start doing shocks things, which is, oh, we're losing. Right. I have the AWP now. I alive. I AWP. I'm going to make a random push off my spawn and, and, and not, and, you know, and try and get some. I'm going to, it's on me to turn this game around because that's how he thinks. And being an IGL is, it, it's a fucking nightmare. So I honestly think this is, uh, this is the beginning of the uh, end of the Vitality Project. Like it shouldn't be. But it's just I've seen it play out too many times. On paper, this should be a good move. This should be something to get excited about. Yeah, sure. But but I, but I think the the winner in all of this is G two, because <laughs> I think they I think they sold shocks, probably at way above market value to a to a team that had to come up with a quick solution to the problem, and we all know Carlos will not let his players go for fucking cheap. Uh, I think I think G two were the real winners there. I think I think that team was played out to fuck. I think I don't think Shocks was. I don't even think Shocks is in particularly good form, um, and I don't think he's going to fix all of Vitality's problems. So expect to what see them plummet down the rankings for me. Uh, which brings us to G two. Uh, we saw the fucking crazy CEO um, going crazy on Twitter talking about non-existent poaching <laughs> rules and laws that must be stopped. But yeah, there's no there's no framework for that, mate. People can approach your players. It's, it's how it works in CS. Uh, can't stand the heat. Please get out of the kitchen, you, you crazy bastard. Uh, but they finally revealed what we all knew was coming because Carlos made a point of sitting down and talking to them. That's also a lot, by the way. Sorry, I'm calling him Carlos. Um, and they've, they've done it. Nexa and Hunter, the best two players on that team, are going to come into G2 and now hook up with Jax, who deservedly keeps his place, Amanek and, and Kenny S. 
And it's going to be interesting because I know Nexa was doing some IGLing at various points in that in that lineup. He's obviously not going to be doing that in this team. I think getting Hunter, uh, you know, famously Nico's cousin, he's been in amazing form. Nexa's been in great form as well. It still blows my mind to this day. He was cut by fucking Renegades. <laughs> I just don't understand how it happened. Um, but this team is an interesting one. I, I really can't get a read on it at all in terms of whether it... Feels like it might be an upgrade, but with the reason that Hunter and Nexa were playing so well, was it one of those teams like an Ents where it's only when they're together? And if you break it up, is it gonna? Are they still gonna have that level of individual performance? Are they gonna take to Amonek's system that he uses? Is Jax gonna be able to continue that form he had in the major, or is it eventually gonna play out and plateau? Is Kenny S gonna get back to you know legendary levels of Kenny S, or is he gonna? There's like so many questions around this team right now. It's it's probably the the one team that's come out of Rostermania where I just don't have a fucking clue whether it's gonna be better or worse. I, I really can't say. I do think, like, I'm kind of in a similar boat. Like, I'm very interested because I think it's an interesting bunch of players. Like, there's sure. not really any bad players in there, especially now they've removed Lockie. Like, it looks like a good mix of talent. It's just that you, you, it's one of those scenarios where you're looking about, like, three or four different question marks that have to happen. So, mm. if Kenny S is good, well, that was always the what if anyway that makes you have a chance, isn't it? And he's been in good form lately, sure. for sure. Next not, to, like, not, say, not killer form. Because but... I had all these insane tournaments. Hunter clearly has talent and probably deserved at this point in time to get his crack at the higher mm. levels. So Absolutely. I think there's enough there's enough skill in here. And actually, I'll even throw in, I don't know, obviously, the guys from the fucking Balkan countries or whatever, but it doesn't seem like it's a squad with too much ego. So I even feel like on that angle, if the coaches do a good job, if Amanek and Nexa do a good job, this is one of those ones where they could be more the sum of the parts if they, if they get the Yeah, well, well, that's the thing with Hunter, isn't he? That's the joke. It's like he's the inverse Nico, right? Like he's super fucking humble, you know, that in a way that aren't really com isn't commensurate to his talents. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I, honestly, I, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what he does individually. I mean, the, the the team might be a train wreck, but if he maintains the level of performance he's at now, or even improves on it, because well, he's got better players around him, that's going to be exciting. Because I think he's a player that can really go places. And whether G two is the final destination, where he actually goes and wins some trophies with them, or whether it's he gets a move after this, um, I, I, he's a player that's long been on the radar and definitely deserves like respect and attention because and, and nexa too frankly um so yeah it's an interesting one I, listen say what you will about ocelot he's got some fucking big balls hasn't he? he must struggle to get them in his fucking pants every fucking day like just he must have there's probably someone at g2 just works helping him get his testicles into his fucking trousers because when it when it's time to make a change he don't fuck about Notice he, he didn't do. He what takes the risks. In. He didn't do what Hastro did in Envy, where he rode to the bitter end the French thing because they all confirmed you have to be French, must be French only, and then end up with nothing. Yeah, you know what? He mm. gave it a go with some lineups that were dodgy, but now that he's seen that doesn't work and he knows he's not getting Zewu, fuck it, break open the doors, and if you want to stay in Martin, you better be willing to play with non-French people. Yeah, but think just think about his 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 history as an owner and, and the involvement he's had with this G2 team, right? So first of all, assembled the French super team, right? Which didn't work out. Then he did a Shocks vanity project, which didn't work out. And then, you know, we let MBK go because I'm all in on, on the Shocks thing. That's something that could have really backfired and come back to haunt you. Next, I'm going to, on the recommendation of a coach, I'm going to try some unknowns from LDLC, right? And fucking, you know, he... 
listen, it shouldn't have worked out. But Jax has played really fucking well. He was the best thing about the team at the major. You know, he's a 27-year-old fucking journeyman French Counter-Strike player who's never played at this level before. Best thing about the team, mental. Now you, now you're selling shocks. A player. By that... the way, actually, as a quick piece of trivia, just yeah. I picked it up when I was doing ESL New York. When I when I, were, I asked Maniac about Jax. Sorry, 3D Max. It was 3D Max. Yes, that, that was that was the yeah. team that um, Lucky was in or whatever. Yeah, like when um, when I asked Maniac about Jax, obviously I just asked him everything about the French scene. He told me actually the interesting thing was supposedly Jax was someone over the years that had chances to go to the top teams or higher up teams, and like, Maniac himself even told him like. Why don't you go? But it was just one of those weird people, mm. maybe akin to Twist, who just didn't want it. Right. So maybe yeah. that's the whole thing. Because I agree, when you hear that you, the guy's 26, when he come, you, he's been in Envy Academy, you think, well, this is a waste of fucking time, don't you? <laughs> yeah. But actually, maybe it was like a guy who was and never was who got his chance finally. Yeah, and, and, and you know, so far, statistically, it, yeah. great. Yeah, killing it. Like, got hats off. It's Like I say, it's always great to be wrong, you know, when, when you see stuff like this. But anyway, so Ocelot fucking does that. Now he's gone, fuck it. I'll just go international lineup. And not only am I going to an international lineup, um, I'm doing it by bringing in some Serbian players from a team that we don't even know if it's a one-hit wonder or not. And I'm letting a player like Shocks go out the door, which, by the way, most GMs would just let Shocks sit there stealing checks. We call it doing a Hastro. Stealing checks just on the hope that I'm going to sell some shirts or he's going to make a YouTube video that might blow up. And we're just gonna we're just gonna let the team go fucking sour like MIP, and we're not gonna do anything with it. Ocelot will not do that. Ocelot has got real big balls, and that's what this move represents. It might be a fucking disaster, but let me tell you, when you're a G2 fan, you are always in for a fucking good time, right? Because <laughs> Ocelot will take risks that other GMs won't, and it's refreshing in an industry where everyone wants to play the safe bet. And oh, where's my ROI? Ocelot ain't like that. And by the way, all the motherfuckers that are selling their team saying you can't make money in Counter-Strike. Ocelot's one of the most savvy team owners out there. Why is he still in the game then? So, anyway. Um, excited. Uh, excited. But 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 cautiously so. That's, that's my take on uh, the G2. Right, we'll get to the questions. Um, so, Reykjavik on Steam. Uh, these are our Patreon questions, by the way. You can sign up to the pa uh, Patreon and uh, donate uh, if you fifty dollars or more, and you get to ask a question at the end of the show, and uh, our fantastic genius minds will will answer it for you. Um, anyway, uh, Reykjavik on Steam says, "Is the new cash re if the if the new cash remake wasn't so visually busy and more simple like the old cash was, would the new layout be more com a more competitive map for teams, or is it too similar?" So I did see the cash reveal that went down at uh, ESL New York was considering how long we've been waiting for this and how it's been hyped up. I know it's an early draft, if you like, but I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I just thought, well, what, what was the point, frankly? It looked not amateur. That's too brutal. But it, it, didn't, it doesn't look great. It doesn't even look in line with the other kind of maps that we've got now. In it's terms like I of said, like in terms of the texture, stuff. I genuinely think it's the worst thing I've seen out of CS 1.6, which is a game mm. from 20 years ago. Because the problem is, like, normally, I'm, the thing I normally complain about with CSGO is that the graphics have to be too good and that there's every really fucking details. Like, mm. I, I will admit, I am colorblind, so I hate any map with green on immediately. And if terrorist scores near the green, I'm fucked, Anna. But that's not even the reason why. I just think objectively, it looks terrible. Like, it looks really, mm. really... Yeah, like you say, to say amateurish sounds like too much of a diss, but it just looks like... Like, just the 
an ill-advised decisions were made in terms of the aesthetics. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And, Whereas, and, like, and I'll give you an example. Like, yeah. some, a great example of a map that looked good but wasn't good. You remember what the remake for CSGO of Season, that old classic mm. map from CS Source? Like, listen, it mm. wasn't a good map to play, but it looked amazing. It was all, like, futuristic fucking areas. Like, the, aesthetically, yeah. looked banging. Whereas this one, as you say, with all the hype of the reveal, and then that's what it reveals. Like, what the fuck is this? This looks like an early draft of the original cash. What? Yeah, and they're yeah, never always exactly. trying to tell me like, no, but you got to understand that's actually realistic because in Chernobyl, actually, the graph would have grown. It's a fucking video game. It doesn't have to be realistic. I know. Why is that um, an angle? <laughs> I don't know. I, look, look. Uh, the the question is about whether or not it's going to be a, a a better. I don't think the changes are so significant. Um, that you know, it, it revolutionizes the map. I think like. A lot of the crucial battle areas are the same, and you're going to see the same kind of jewels. You know, you're going to see that same push for like mid control. You're still going to see people boosting up on that box. Indeed, in the show match, we did see that. Um, the tactics that were being utilized, and sure, you can't judge anything on a fucking show match tactically, but the the the, the types of players that were being used were very similar. Uh, to ones that we'd just seen kind of in default cash tactics. I was of the mindset, I didn't even think cash needed to go in the first place. I thought it was good. I thought it was a balanced map. I don't... I don't exactly. I mean, you know, Vertigo is slowly but surely winning me over. Because I'm starting to see good games on it now. And I'm starting to, oh, okay, yeah. You know, I'd still make some changes. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think cash was a problematic map to begin with. So it's very hard for me to assess if these changes. But the changes feel, you know, very minor ultimately in the grand scheme of things. And I think I think probably it was just it's all been a much ado about nothing. That's my take. Uh, Sunmaid, if you could get a holiday home for free <laughs> anywhere in the world, what where would you choose? I mean, this is an interesting one for you, Duncan. The problem is, I'm a miserable yeah. cat. I don't like holidays. Yeah, that's I hate going yeah, places. Is... I hate doing things. I hate seeing things. <laughs> so I hate living life. Don't we just go Shields. back to Korea, innit? Just give me a free yeah. house in Korea. There you go. Yeah, you love Korea, though. So yeah, there, you go. there you go. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to be holidaying. I'm just going to live there. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, for me, a, a tough one. Um, you know, because I've I'm, I'm still never been to Japan. Never been. But I feel like I would want to go and I would like it out there, even though I'm not a wee, but and I think anime is ass. So I don't know. I think I think Japan could speak to me on, on some fundamental level. Um so I I'd I'd take a Japanese holiday home and probably end up living there. I don't know though, I do love the US and I do love Vegas. Uh, so I'm already kind of living in my holiday home in, in a way. So that's a tough one. But yeah, I'd probably, I'd take a holiday home in Japan. Mike feed me back from the ban. The unjust ban that Twitch did on him, thank fuck, uh, says, given Liquid and EG, formerly NRG, are both majority NA teams, compare and contrast them briefly in terms of style and the reason they've been successful this year. Um, so, listen, I, I, I think we did that a little bit at the start of the show. I think the bottom line is that the, the, these teams are set up to be very, very similar in terms of what you get, and that's why it's going to be an exciting rivalry moving forward, because you got the explosive riflers, like, you know, you got your Breezy, you got your Elite, you got the people that are going to post big numbers, you got your fucking flashy players, like your Cirques and like your Twists, you have your good fundamental clutch in-game leaders that when they need to dig deep and put up numbers, they can do it in your stand, 
and your Nitro. You've got your fucking, you know, wild card players like your Tarek and your Stewie 2K. There's so many similarities between these two teams. And the fact that they all know each other intimately because they've played in various iterations and they've been around the NA scene and they've been pugging with each other for years. It just creates a potential rivalry that can really capture the imagination of Counter-Strike fans. And um, I think why have they, why have they been successful? Because they're, they're actually doing something that you don't see a lot of teams do at the top level. And that is play like hyper aggressive they get in your fucking face they 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 will fuck your shit up they're not waiting to, to for you to do an execute so they can shut it down with some clever tactical play and some counter flashes fuck that i'll run around the corner i'll bang three of your heads off while you got your fucking flashbangs out don't you look like a silly cunt now and and i, I love that fucking in that that's the traditional na style of counter strikes what we had in source when na used to play europe and it was it was it was the brawn and the brains coming together and you know all the best flashy opus in the world that had the highlight reels were all na but all the teams that you wanted to watch demos of were in eu now we're getting something where look these are very good tactical fundamentals but they just don't give a fuck about you that's what i love so for me i think they're both similar in that the the only thing that's going to hold them back is going to be mentality and as i said i got i got some worries about team liquid i'll answer the other part of that question where he was like why does it you know why in the past it hadn't worked yeah i would just say pretty simply they never had players this good the problem many mm. had in the early days was its player base was a lot smaller because it had way less money less teams less orgs they used to basically be two orgs and then maybe three orgs and you know now there's like 10 orgs in na so as a result they've mined all that talent and if you look at the age of the players that's why we contrasted an rg with team liquid and then team liquid with astralis like just look at the age of the players and they're even coming online at a similar age for when they become mm. they hit their peak as players so yeah nrg's players last year Still a little bit rough around the edge. Team Liquid's players a couple of years ago, way more rough around the edge. So you give them a few years, you give them the experience, and then, yeah, they've gone the NA approach, clearly. Like in Europe, aside from FaZe Clan, you don't try to stack all the players like this, but that's just NA's style of play. So I actually kind of like the idea that different regions have their own culture, even in the game, and try and develop their own style. And Because I think, ideally, if you've all come up in that system, that's just how it works. Like, look at the way NA won its major. Even Cloud9 was fucking pogging it and scrimming people when they won yeah. that major. Like, they were just doing the shit that they love to do. And listen, that team wasn't as good as these ones, but you saw even the potential for an upset that's possible when you do that. So I think it's just a very hard style to make it work. But the good thing is they've got the crop of talent. They've got the generation of talent that's come through. And that's why the one thing that European fans really fucked up throughout the history of Counter-Strike for the last 20 years was ever trying to take the fact that EU teams were above NA and say that that meant that NA players were worse. Never yeah. in your life. That's why I've told you so many times on this show, the most underrated region to this day is the CIS region because they just they themselves lack enough teams. Yeah. And good in like If you want to just go find people to shoot you in the head with an AK, tons of people in the CIS region. Just like in NA, there's a billion people with a good deagle. So I think what they've done is combine the right players from the right generation in the right teams. And now you've got these sick lineups that who the fuck doesn't want to watch these teams play? Like that's what's, that's it. In some ways, that's what's sad about the fact that Team Liquid didn't make good on that promise and have like the full era and win the major. Because after the last year of every cunt crying about Astralis being boring, the last thing you could ever say about Team Liquid is they're boring. They're the most fucking yeah, no. pop of any team you've ever seen. 
yeah, like I said, great time for, for CS in general and NA stuff. Like I said, Fury can get back in there. There's lots of exciting, explosive teams out there. It's just, you know, can you consistently deliver that? I think in the EG and Team Liquid, NA has, has two that unquestionably do. Uh, but Pounder420 asks, will H2K ever make a comeback? I think that's fucking dead in the water, right? No way. I mean, then again, I, I saw Epsilon announced. Um, what was it? We're going back to our roots. Belgian roots. Belgian, like, yeah. yeah. We'll go back to like, please stay gone. Like, just go away. It, it, it's silly now. What are you gonna do? Pick up a bunch of shit players, promise them the fucking world, not pay them again, and uh, hope to try and asset flip one or bigger org just so you can keep the lights on. This, what is the point? Like, what is the point now? What do you think happens? Do you think like? 10 years from now, Epsilon's like got this stellar reputation and you're getting the VC money. It's over, guys. Fucking just peace out and go do something else with your time. The scene don't need more shit cunts who don't know what they're doing. We've got plenty of them. We're trying to weed them out. Like, natural selection occurred. You should fuck off. Whatever. <coughs> I don't think we see H2K. Uh, then we got Watch Dodge. What does Liquid need to do in order to reclaim the top spot? Again, we touched on this a little bit earlier. Uh, not make a roster change. I think they just need to kind of hold firm, hold the line, um, and just keep playing the style that they play. Eventually, this isn't like Team Liquid is a brute force team, literally, in how they play the game. They will not lose to Astralis every time. This is not a fuck. Eventually, that battering ram style will break down the doors, and they absolutely must stick to their they've got to stay true to that identity if they do not do that they're gonna fuck it up so i don't think they need to do anything to reclaim the top spot they just need another crack at it and i think if they get another crack at it they'll they'll win that's my take do you agree i i wouldn't change the team i mean in terms of like the idea of all the teams changing players just because Astralis is good again, unlikely they do, you know. I thought maybe if they'd have had more bad results like the summer, they might be open to it, but I don't see why they would change now. Team Liquid, like you're saying, there's no reason to. The only one I could maybe see is if EG doesn't live up to this potential, I think Ethan's a spot that you could potentially upgrade. Like, he hasn't quite sure. shown me enough yet, you know. So if you had another player who's really good from NA, could be an automatic, maybe that's what you do. But aside from that, I don't... I mean, he's, he's, he's the obvious one that's just dangling out there. Yeah, yeah. But even then, either of those he's things. also a very young player. He could develop next year. You also might just want to hang on to him and maybe he somehow helps the chemistry of the team. It's always dangerous to mess with lineups. I've always told people this. Even if it's one player you change... You never know when that player, something about even what they did badly helped the team. It can be counterintuitive mm. sometimes, you know. I mean, the best cool. example ever is Stick All, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then final uh, question from Alice the Alchemist. Uh, with EG, uh, with their very convincing win in New York over Astralis in two, in two series, is it safe to say that at the moment the three elite teams that we have now in terms of rankings and results are probably the most solid overall that has appeared in CSGO history in terms of un the unlikely probability for roster moves? So I think what, I think uh, the question there is basically what you're saying is, uh, you know, do we have like a stable uh, top five in the sense that no one's going to be wanting to make any roster moves right now? I don't think you're ever secure in, in no, CS. No. I think I think the nature of the game is volatile. I think teams mind fuck themselves in this. I think there's a level of player agency in CS you don't have in other games. Like, I don't think anyone over at League of Legends is really calling the shots. You know, you've got to run it up a chain of command and, and, and it's got to get saluted. Well, what happens in CS is the star player pretty much dictates the 
team and who, who plays for them and stuff. So you're never secure in a CS roster. And as I said several times, I've just got a feeling in my water team Liquid are going to do something silly. And um, if that does, that'll probably set off a chain reaction where everyone else will do something fucking silly because that's just how Counter-Strike works. So, no, I don't, I don't think it's stable in those terms. I think it's way better than, it, you know, just in terms of overall quality. It's way better than it probably was like three to six months ago where we were staring at the abyss of a terrible top ten. So, um, Right, we'll wrap it up there. It's been another long one, but we're all caught up on Rostermania now, so shut the fuck up crying about it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up the show. Obviously, shout out to our sponsor, com. Go there, support them, do their thing. Go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. They want some subs. I've got content coming out over there. I interviewed Flom. It's a banger. You want to check that out? Uh, and there's gonna be more coming. We've got to drop another one in a few days as well. So I'll let you know who that's gonna be on by the numbers. Uh, but yeah, go and go and support the great sponsors. Uh, right and. Uh, to our patrons, Jerky's Minion, these are $100 patrons, Jerky's Minion, Detlef Insomniac, Reykjavik on Steam, and Alice the Alchemist, and our $50 patrons, Benakagi Assassin, But Pounder 420, Carve, Colin Penny, Daniel Sellers, Madsen, Marcus Kiumpa, Mike Feedme, Saad Sawar, Sunmade Raisins, TC Owens, Tobias Berners-Scorny, and Watch Dodge. We couldn't do it without you. Thanks for the support, guys, and thanks for tuning in. We're going to be back sometime next week, and we'll catch up with everything that's going on in the world of Counter-Strike on By The Numbers. Until then, take care of yourselves. Peace.